1: everybody, to another episode of Benched with Bubba, episode 529. Your first-time guest joining me tonight on a very fun show to do as well. We're doing a live NFBC Gladiator draft, second one I've done live for you guys. All They're all full now, so now it's just, we just let it go, because there's really no rules uh, to uh, be secretive. And, you know, two months from now, signing up for a new draft, all the strategy, all that fun stuff. There's like 10 more to go, maybe, before it's all said and done. But before we get into that, you can find me on Twitter at BDEntrick, and I mentioned my guest on this show. Very experienced in the NFC world, very experienced in the Gladiator world, very experienced in the ice hockey rink as a moose. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Gialdi. G-I-A-L-D-E. Anthony Gialdi. how are we doing, my friend?
2: Pretty good, Bubba. Thanks for having me. It's really good to be on with you.
1: I appreciate it. We've, been, we've talked behind the scenes, uh, and I, I, I missed you in Vegas this last year. Are you going to Vegas this year?
2: Yes, sir. Are you?
1: as of last week i am going to vegas so yes i might i might not, I'm not be doing any of the, the wealthy people drafts but i'm going to be there to have a good time so I don't worry let about me
2: that. tell you what the drafts are great outside of the drafts is probably three times more fun than the drafts
1: yeah Just that, that's my goal go that's my goal is to hang out because first so pitch great. arizona hanging out with all those people is great yes. different group over here so i'm looking forward to the the whole cha-cha but um for the most part, for those who listened to my live drafts on this, we kind of just talk baseball. We talk that we got to try to keep you posted on the draft as it's going, more so our draft strategy and whatnot. The board will be there if you want to watch it on YouTube. You can watch the whole thing, otherwise, you can listen and get the gist of it all. Uh, as I mentioned, they're all full of are or full. Um, and I'll get a lot of Anthony Studders prepping this because we start the draft in a minute, and I'm on the clock out the gate, which is really annoying, Anthony, because. Um, I've done. I'm trying to do like one draft, at a slow draft at a time. So I'm doing like NFC 50s. I've gotten the number one pick in both of those, and then I've gotten like eighth and ninth in these. And now I'm getting one in this. I've gotten one in three in my five drafts. I don't like the feeling of that because when drafts matter, Anthony, as you know, I am not getting the top pick. That's just how it's going to go. So.
2: Well, I mean, you say that, but it 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 all equals out. It's like a it's like playing one big game of poker when you when you do DFS, and eventually it all comes around. You're going to get. You're gonna get your ones when you're when the time is right so don't worry and I'll just talk about no. it
1: now i'm going I'm going jram it's pretty simple for okay. me at least okay. because I love the I love Ram at third base third base I just hate with a passion in these drafts um so I don't have to talk about that i'll pick that in a minute but I'll, I'll throw the board up and I'll get your opinion on the top pick how are you approaching and, and real quick I'll let everybody know you have the 10th pick in this draft so we'll get to you and it's a 15 team draft for those keeping track at home. But uh, how are you approaching, like, the top picks in this draft? Um, is, it, is it like the normal J-Ram turners? Is it outfielders? How do you look at the the, the first spot in these?
2: So I think the first spots are, are pretty, pretty set in stone. People can diversify a little bit with those, you know, depending on how many of those top spots you get, like we were talking. But for the most part, um, there's no reason to, to overdraft um you you should really select the back half of the first if you want to uh get cute with a pick you know what i mean and and maybe take closers or you know depending on what everybody's um intentions are you know on, on your strategy with the first picks your pick i think your pick and turner probably are the only the only two i've seen go first overall in quite a while um Every I don't know, every once in a while you get like a rogue drafter and throw like a judge up there at one or something. But for the most part, you can't go wrong with Ramirez and Turner, and especially Ramirez because of the third base.
1: Big time. And as a veteran in these drafts, we've seen Turner go two, Acuna go three, uh, and the fourth one's my auto pick. It, it's Waxman, so it will be an auto pick. I just realized that now. He auto picked the last time he was he joined my live draft. So, yeah, he's on auto got J-Rod. Um, as you've been doing these drafts, Have you had like a certain approach you've been trying to do when you build? Because we know closers go early in these drafts. Starters tend to fall, other positions, et cetera. How have you been kind of approaching Gladiator drafts? For those that might not know, this is Anthony's 23rd Gladiator.
2: Um, Well, depending on how many you do, um, your strategies could either be just get my guys or it could be diversification. The more you do, the less you should be drafting the same team over and over. Um, and I say the same team, I I mean, trying to get your guys. Sometimes you need to either expand your guys or just say, I've gotten enough of my guys. It's time to get some other people. Um, you don't want to take people you hate. You don't want to take people too early. Um, but you do need to mix it up. And sometimes that means doing crazy stuff. Sometimes it just means picking in different spots in the draft so that you see different players come up. Mm -hmm. Um, so here I am.
1: If you're on the clock Otani just went for those that don't know Otani, he's either a util or a pitcher and you get to decide by the end because in Gladiators twenty three spots. That's it.
2: So right. figure it out. <laughs> right. And uh and it is a it is a bit of a trick trick bag with him. If you uh accidentally draft, you know, JD Martinez later. I don't want to say names or anything, but something no, crazy no. like that, it will move him two pitcher
1: straight to pitcher yeah well yes. it's good that the system does that that's for sure
2: yes yeah i mean it should but yeah i'm just saying it won't stop you from drafting another
1: util yeah good call good call
2: so it, we learned that the hard way a few of us
1: <laughs> <laughs> i've only done a few of them boba Shet, i like that i like that
2: yeah you think if you put him in util it would stop you from drafting a util yep. it does not it will move people yes it makes
1: it makes sense. It's like when you have MIs and CIs and everything where they have like outfit eligibility or whatever, they, they move them around for you throughout your draft. Right. So,
2: now in order to, in, in Gladiators, and I know we're nearing the end, but this is even for, you know, next year because this is going to be a big hit next mm-hmm. year, I have a feeling. Yep. Um, or everyone's going to anticipate it anyway. Um, mm-hmm. you have to sometimes manipulate your lineup on the draft screen, at least right now, in order to see, um, in order to be able to draft players. So for instance, yep. if you had two catchers and a util and I'm making this up and then one of the catchers was eligible at outfield, if you wanted to draft another catcher, you need to move him to the outfield to allow yourself to draft that catcher. It won't let you click on him if that makes sense. Yes. I mean yes, you definitely. can see him but you just it it won't let you draft him.
1: That's cool. So
2: yeah. There's I like some that a lot. there's right now maybe that'll all be different down the road but for now
1: that makes sense and for to update some folks i said acuna and j-rod judge went fifth to jenny butler experienced player in this in uh, the nfpc world bobby witt yeah. jr went sixth i want to get your thoughts on bobby witt because I, I just did my third base rankings they'll be released on gaining the edge with Curlin and montanez i believe tomorrow on tuesday um and Witt's one of those guys where i always try to tell myself man he's kind of i think we're pushing him too high and then you look at the guy he's like and you're as a royal as a Kansas the city guy i'll say i won't pigeonhole you to Royals unless you want to take that let that ledge. But, um, it, you know, he's got 25, 25, maybe 30, 30 appeal. Are you a believer in him as an early first, even in uh, non-gladiator formats, or how do you kind of look at Bobby Wood Jr.? Um, well, I am.
2: I am I am a believer that he's a first-round pick. Okay. Um, I do think there there is a bit of a batting average floor that I'm not crazy about um i don't think he is in any danger of losing playing time i think he's he's you know knock on wood durable and and i think you're getting you're getting what you think you're getting but the variance is the batting average and if you believe at his age that he's getting better you you really you really have to take him where he's taken i mean he's never going to slip i'd say the lowest i've seen him in gladiators is probably you know 10 11 I don't know maybe once or twice he, he almost certainly goes where he, where he went there between 6 and 8 so um okay. I I'm a believer in him from a roto standpoint mm-hmm. because of the speed the speed is what holds up a lot of these players ADP you okay. know early
1: so I get like um, and then went Tucker, bets to Eric Cross of Fantrax and FTN and all over the place. Then went Otani, you took Bichette. I'm going to get back to that in a minute. Ben Tid, really good friend of the show and just a great fantasy player, took Jordan Alvarez. Yeah. We had Soto, uh, Shelly V joined us on this one. Uh, Freddie Freeman, what she took. We got Vladito at 14. And then the main event champion, Bobby Crematola, with first closer off the board, the longest I've seen one go. Emmanuel Classe, and then you wrapped around with JTR. And now you get the third base rush. This is why I went Jerry early. You got Machado, Devers, the yep. so four third baseman's off the board. And like I've always said it's about eight, nine deep. Then it gets real ugly real quick. So as we're approaching your pick, you don't have to talk because I know Tid listens to this and maybe some others. But uh, you went shortstop. Um, so you got your pick in three, two picks now. Burns just went off the board. Uh, you got Bichette, power, speed. Um, are you just looking bat? Or are you going to change it up and go pitching? You, that's all I'm going to ask. I won't get any more details. So, uh, there's probably there goes, Edwin well, second closer on the board. Yep. You're up.
2: So, um, I, I will take, uh, the last in this tier of third base. So I'm going to take Riley uh, because I, I agree with you. Third base gets ugly really quick. Um, and if you can get in on it, get in on it. You know, if, yep. if you, if you believe in them, I guess it just depends on your, your preference on the players. But, um, once that drops off, you can wait a while. Uh, there's for sure. I mean, uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about players because I feel like it's poor taste. But there there are a few more here on this. You know, like 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 the the second tier, and then it's a huge drop off in my opinion. Huge. At that point, I don't even know what the urgency would be to take the next guy. You know what I mean? It would just be. I would and just wait rounds and rounds and rounds. So and that, that's a great, that's a great
1: that's a great yeah. reason I like doing these is we because the way you just said there and it opens up a conversation of draft strategy to, I, everyone talks draft strategy and they probably get to it one way or another. But when you're doing it live and you see it, there is that second tier and, and we all know what it is and we'll get to it here probably in another round or two. Um, right, and then it just drops off. Be, and that's what you said. I think people. Need to come away with more, and it's like the, the the scarcity conversation now. People need to realize it's not maybe positional scarcity; it's just statistical scarcity at times. And um, it, like you said, what's the urgency of a third baseman at that point? Because they're so similar, or what they're going to if to force your hand on one of those third basements, you might be costing yourself so much more somewhere else. And so I think that's a great point you made.
2: It's um, it's it's funny. We've talked about this, you know. A lot of the guys we we chat about these, and we chat about you know draft strategy in general, and this really does kind of emphasize knowing not only like the build you want to go with, but by making your choices early as you move along, it's almost like a flow chart, what's going to be available to me, how well do you know not only the players, but where they're going, if you know who the pitchers are in the, that you know, roughly that will be available two, three, four rounds from now, it helps you make choices now. And so if you if you go into each pick knowing what I mean, it's kind of like shooting pool when you move the cue ball for your next shot as you're making a shot. When you make a pick, are you thinking about what your next pick will be? Or are you just picking the best guy that you could pick right now and you're just going to yep. wait and see? Don't get me wrong. Sometimes things go awry. But if yep. you can think ahead and have a yep. plan. Don't get me wrong. You have to be willing to adjust. But if you yep. can have a plan, it's it's a it's a calming feeling to move through the draft like that. And gladiators teach you that Yep. because you, can, you, have a, you have a huge feel. It will be a completely different ADP once we get out of gladiators. But it's the same premise. If you know where everyone's going as you move through the draft, you can really make good decisions.
1: 100 percent. That's what I've been telling people I love about these. And I'll get a few. I, I didn't do what you guys did, but I get it. For the fact, I, I prefer these over best balls and stuff right now because it gives me a great idea of the player pool for the early parts of my draft as I'm on the clock now. Um, and I'm going to do something in my scarcity brain, which I just said don't do this, but I did. I'm going to get my closers because it gets ugly quick in that realm too, and they will not be That's there when that. it comes back to me. They will not be there. So I'm going to double tap, great. actually. I'm going to okay. double tap Devin Williams, and I'm a Rossio Iglesias fan. So nice. I mixed it up because oh, I, I don't like any. It. I don't mean Devin yet, but I know none of them will be there when it comes back to me. Not a chance. No,
2: you, you, um, you and fifteen have the same the same thing. You must jump, or yep. I say jump. There's nothing wrong with those picks, so they're right on time. Yeah. But you must take your guys,
3: mm-hmm. um, um, leading unless leading.
2: you're just going to take what the what the draft gives you, which is never going to work out from a right. roster construction standpoint. So right. if you're truly going to construct a roster in the one or fifteen or even the two fourteen slots. You have to maybe jump your guys to make your team look the way you need it to look.
1: Definitely. And then one other point I wanted to make that the gladiators that I stopped because I was picking is um, I love it. it teaches you positional scarcity, but it also teaches you like building your team. It teaches you the flow chart. It teaches you to pay attention. We talked about it before the show. Like pull up the the roster grid, see what other people need. like See where you can go to see what's next. It, It gets your brain working in a different way of just like, hey, I can just take all these guys and fill up with bench spots later and yada, yada, yada. This is what you got to go to battle with, and I think it That's makes right. a makes your brain really think a different way. And you're three picks away now, but um, on, to me, again, this is only my third one. There was a lot of starting pitching going off in that second round. We saw um, Burns, uh, Strider, Cole, and then we got a bunch of relievers. Then Alcantara just went, McClanahan just went. To me, this is the earliest I've seen a, a, a pitching splurge go. How, how's this looking for you? Um. I, th- I think it's, I think there are a few pitchers maybe that have gone
2: earlier, you know, historically, but you know, these drafts can vary so much and it. And some of it, I, I truly believe this. Some of it is just people trying to diversify. Yeah, um, I know, I know a few people in here as, <laughs> as you know, have done yeah. a lot of drafts, right? Yeah. So when you say, get your guys, you get your guys when it, when it's fab time and when it's you know, I mean, I don't mean anything against this strap, but when you're playing for maybe more money and things like yeah. that, you get your guys. In yes. this case, especially if you're doing 20 of them or whatever, you can't keep getting your same guys. one injury is gonna derail your whole portfolio.
3: And so you're on the clock, by to-
2: the way.
3: Yeah,
1: right. I know. Okay, cool. Wanna we'll make sure it's not 11.
3: yeah they They not want you to
1: miss it okay yeah Yeah. no the diversification is huge and we kind of talked about that before the show and i wanted to wait till we got on air to talk about it for someone that's doing 23 already is had a few more to go how are you going about diversifying because like we talk about diversification in like 30 30 player roster roto leagues where it's kind of different because you can plan your benches and plan things differently here you can diversify, but you still got to walk away with 23 starters, one of each position in your roster. So there's, there's diversification, but kind of only so much you can do in theory if you want to. So how are you going about it in, in, in this format as you get deeper into draft season?
2: So this, this really applies to guys doing a lot of drafts because it's almost it almost is information that comes to you by osmosis. You don't even want it to come to you. You end up knowing where around where everybody goes if you are trying to stay away from drafting Aaron Nola in the third, mm-hmm. um, he just so, took Nola
1: in the third, by the way, folks,
2: <laughs> my, my point is, yeah. <laughs> if you don't want to take Nola in the third, or if you don't want to be faced with that decision, maybe you take a pitcher in the second and you take, um, uh, I feel like I could say this. I, eh, you can talk can you on this third in it. the
3: third. Yeah. I just, I'm you,
2: trying not to talk about people yeah. that I haven't been taken in good. case people are watching live. So, um, you can you can forego the third baseman in the second, even though I really want Riley in the second. I'm going to take my starting pitcher here so that I don't have to stare at Noel in the third. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to do anything, but you're trying to take yourself out of that same pattern of drafting. So it's weird because you don't want to do it, but it ends up working out. And it also teaches you that there's more than one way to skin the cat. You can do yeah. this a lot of different ways. Don't get stuck in the same pattern over and over and over while you're drafting teams.
1: Yeah, because in the end, it's it, it's the old joke. I like I play a lot of uh, PGA DFS also, not just baseball and football. And they have a format on uh, Fantasy National when you use the optimizer, you can basically erase the names and all you see are stats. All you see are stats, and that's what you kind of almost have to do with this blindfolded. Like in the end, you just want the end stats. So like like you said, there's many ways to get to that end stat and if it means not taking riley and taking a pitcher so you don't take Nolan or whatever many ways to get there just how do you get there's the question and like i've already got the conundrum now because i'm seeing all these starters go starting pitchers go ledger just went off the board as well and i need bats so when it's coming back to me it's like can't i got am i just punting the a starting pitchers now probably it's probably what's happening to get bats it's it's an interesting this is where a being on the ends in a 15 team league but also pushing closers up because i just don't want to speculate where you are speculating but you also know that speculation pool much better than most <laughs> so that that's a way to go and then i want to mention right now uh, mr bobby Crematola. we mentioned how he went class and rio muto in his first two he just went in show so he double taps. he's got the only two catchers off the board he's done with catchers and he's probably got the top two potential catchers off the board and then yep. dylan Cease. so that's it i have not seen that strategy yet and he's done a lot of drafts so have you seen that build before
2: I don't think so. Uh, I mean, I don't think I've seen real Muto Varsho. If I have, it's not been often. And really that kind of a look, uh, I don't want to speak for Bob, but that kind of a look will change how he drafts, you know, and because now he's done with catchers. So when we're all looking at catchers a few rounds from now or whenever, um, he's looking at other things when, when we are, um, uh, you know, doing other things. Uh, Maybe he might, he might have the wherewithal to, to snipe people, you know? So it just depends on, it depends on what his future, you know, considerations are as he's moving through this. I, I know, I've drafted a lot with Bob. He absolutely knows exactly what he's doing here. This is not a, this was not something that just popped up to him. He probably knew he was going to do, do this. If it, came available the, the, while he was waiting for that whole long run there. So he took Real Muto and he's like, don't let Varsho come back to me. I have a feeling this was a plan, you
1: know. No, I'm with you. and that's It's a chart thing. It's like, okay, if he's here, I'm taking him. If he's not, I'm going to go elsewhere and, and figure right. it out. So it's interesting how I went about that. I'm going to update some people while you're on deck and, and planning here. Sure. Um, round two, our, the main picks we, we talked about round two, but then I kicked off round three, Iglesias, Hendricks, Romano, Alcantara, Jenny Butler took Michael Harris, Bautista, Rose Reyna, McClanahan to cross. Simeon, you took Nola, Altuve to Tid, Presley, Woodruff to Shelley V, DeGrom, we mentioned Varsho, kicking off round four, Cease to Crematola, Mullins, Will Smith, Jazz Chisholm off the board. That's a fun one. And then Nolan Arenado, after you make your pick, i got a couple player questions that have guys that have gone and kind of get your thoughts on them. Sure. Carlos Rodon, will start there. Let's start there. Just throw thorn in my side right out the gate, reminding me of the fun. Whoever takes Carlos Correa, automatically last place. That's what I'm going to say. Bad medical. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But um, I want I to won't ask Rodon questions. I'm kind of a believer now. I want to ask you about Michael Harris. This is a fun okay. one because um, you're, an ex- like I said, very experienced, very qual- qualified NFPC player. And it's a fun player because he took the world by storm last year. Like just came out the door as gangbuster. We saw the potential for a 2020 guy. Lots of speed, pop there. He's supposed to hit towards the top of the order, potentially in Atlanta. That's a great order to do that in. Lots of positives, but there's also some negatives of issues against lefties and things like that. Like Phil DeSouza, who you guys you know very well, he's brought to light some very concerning aspects to Michael Harris. Um, how are you approaching Harris? Because like I like him a lot, and I have like one really early share of Michael Harris. But I've been so hesitant to take him at his price right now when I can. I, or Randy Rose Reina, I know what I'm getting. Like, I can do it. Cedric Mullins, you know, the power. I didn't expect a 30-home run guy, but I do expect 25 to 30 steals and maybe 15 to 20 homers. Like, I'm good there. So how are you looking at Michael Harris with these other options close by?
2: Um, I, I don't have a problem with taking Harris. I, I think I would rather take him in the you know the mid-third and on. And that's that's wishful thinking because he often doesn't make it there. Um, I am not a Harris stan where I'm going to reach for Harris. Harris needs to come to me. Um, but that doesn't mean I, I dislike him or I would, you know, avoid taking him. I also think um, there's something to be said for this format for getting to work on outfield sooner than later. Uh, yeah. I haven't done it. You know, I don't know if you intend to, but outfield is a, is a really rough rough goal. scene after a while and uh and there's nothing wrong with uh tackling tackling outfield and getting the that speed i think Harris's speed plays all day long i i understand you know maybe he doesn't hit 300 maybe he you know you know all lefties tend to struggle against lefties so that's not uh especially a young kid i don't i'll, I'll just talk while you while you draft uh, I'm on the clock.
1: They, um, I just looking at the other things yeah.
2: yeah thank you um, um But I think that in general, taking Harris is more of a um, it's more of a like a not speculative, but it's like a a home run type play. Because if you're drafting a kid that, let's say, could be 20, 30 or 25, 35 or whatever, you know, people think he'll be. I mean, that's a huge player. I mean, that's really kind of a late first round type of production that you're getting in the third. And the 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 team context is great from lineup. And also, you know, tools wise, it's not like he, you know, just happened into that season. He's, he is that player. It's just, we don't have a track record. He's awfully young and he's left handed. Okay. Any left handed kid is going to be scary versus lefties when they're young. I mean, unless it's Juan Soto, you know, everybody has trouble against lefties that's left handed, at least, at least a bit, at least a bit. So we'll see how it goes. I don't have a problem with Harris. I just, he's not he's not been somebody that i have a ton of in this format but i certainly would take him you know I, I, if he would have made it to me of course at 10 in the third round it would have been a snap call
1: um but, you made a good point like Jenny butler getting him fifth pick third round three that yes. makes sense but like there are yes. so many especially early drafts not just gladiators any draft He was in mid second like it was yeah. that's where that's I where it got tough
2: point, it's opportunity costs right yep. it's not about liking or disliking harris it's i'm taking him instead of blank you know and at that point you have to make tough decisions i think once you get into the third and it also depends on your roster right if let's say um butler uh jenny really needed um a closer because she didn't like closers you know that much she might be presented with in the fourth maybe that's the problem she likes harris but she needed to take a closer she ended up getting kenley jansen the next round
1: which is wonderful so yeah worked out really well and the harris move kind of coincides with judge judge brings the power harris brings some of the speed, so now she's got that plus she crosses off two of the outfielders because you made a great point there outfielder gets rough that's why i I didn't really want to take t oscar i saw some other guys i started looking at the rest of the outfielder list already i'm like okay i'll take t oscar we'll build around that later brought story i'm a believer in story getting healthy and bouncing back in boston especially going back to shortstop this year so i I might be naive but i know duarte likes that so he'll be on my side at least on that one but uh um, so um, I, I'm on the Story bandwagon. I, I was, it was between Story and Seeger, who just went off the board right there at the sixth pick around uh, five. But uh, so I went Story and 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 um, T Oscar to get things going. But out of yeah, my I three love, drafts, I love your picks there,
2: Bubba, I like him a lot.
1: I hope so. <laughs> like, I, I this is what's it, being on the corner. It's nice making two picks in a row, but I feel like I'm having to force things a lot right now. And well, it's, that's
2: it's a, that's the nature uh, of the beast out yeah. of the one hole. What are you yeah. going
1: to do? You know, yep. it's, it's, it's not always
2: yeah. going to be—it's not always going to be comfortable yep. because um, you can really throw ADP out on the ends. You have to do what you have to do.
1: Hundred percent. So, where, with all your drafts so far, where are you liking? Like, where's your sweet spot right now? Tell me what you mean. Like, if you're doing your KDS, where's your sweet spot oh,
2: right now? Uh, r- right now, um, I actually left this butter. But I yeah. just. I think I forgot to set it, but this is about where I want to be because I have tons of three through six and I have quite a few like 12 through 14. Okay. So I, um, I, uh, I actually like Ooh, this. Spot I see a
1: strategy you got going here, but Wait, <laughs> <to> continue on.
2: <laughs> it, it leads, it leads me to diff- a different build. Uh, uh, this, I can tell. Yeah.
3: yeah.
2: This is something that, um, that I thought about before we went on tonight. Um, I generally, have to, this is almost like a tell on, on my personality, but I generally have to make myself take pitchers because I love drafting hitters so much. I'm much better at drafting, hitting, I'm very good at hitting and I struggle with pitching. Mm -hmm. So when I, historically, when I've made myself draft pitching, my team does much better. (laughs) So it's obvious that that's my Achilles heel. And so I'm trying to address that, um, I've tried to do it throughout the gladiator sometimes well, and sometimes not, but uh, tonight I thought I would, um, I would get some anchors going early. Um, it's, it's yeah. easier to draft um, it's easier to draft late pitchers and hope they work out. Mm-hmm. That's um probably, it's probably a foolish thing in this because number one, you can't replace them, you know, if they get hurt or, or don't, don't perform well. And number two, even if they perform okay late your later pitchers who were your early pitchers to go with them are you just catching up with the crowd by doing that are you just are you just even now i mean obviously drafting strider last year in the late we didn't have gladiators but if you were you would have never drafted strider in the even you would never
1: be on a roster yep
2: and um so some guys will come out of nowhere this year but they won't be gladiator picks so you really have to prioritize what's what can I really expect to do late in the gladiator uh, pitching wise? If you don't feel super confident about your late pitching picks, you have to do this. You have to, you have to bite the bullet.
1: And you did that, like you said, you, you forced your hand. You went, uh, you got two good bats in Bichette and Riley. They went Nola, Rodon, Luis Castillo. That's a heck of a threesome, right there. And I'm not talking, you know, NC17. So that's like really good stuff, right there. It could be on the right night for your fancy team. But um, Jared in the chat here, he's picking third. He's team Lentz. Made a great point. he, he right before uh, Shelly took Albies. that Albie's has fallen far, and she he she just or he just went at uh, pick 13, round five. So Let's talk about Ozzy Albies for a second because Jared mentioned him and, and he's a conundrum to me because I've I'm a Albies stan and I even just took story over Albies and it was I was looking at both. I love Albies. The biggest thing for me is he has be at the top of the order. I just don't know if I gonna do that as he falls down that order. We've seen his production just not be anything close to what he can be. We know he's a, a former like 25-20 guy, and he can't he's hurt a lot last year. So how's he bounced back this year? That's a million dollar question. But if he's gonna hit six or so in that lineup. He can still be productive, but to be the five category guy we want him to be, not nearly as productive. And so that's the conundrum with Albies. How are you approaching Albies on this year coming back from injury and in and, and the other situations in Atlanta?
2: So I, I don't have any Albies. And um, frankly, a lot of the reason that I haven't had Albies up till now is because he was going in the third. Yes. And I, if if you're not if you're not thrilled about Albies, then you're waiting on a deal. The deals are now coming because I think Shelly got a deal
1: in round five, but in in the round five, that's a great deal.
2: (laughs) Yes. That's my point. So you can, you can, you can like Albies and still not want to take him in the third. You can dislike Albies and say, I have to take him in the fifth.
1: Yes. So there's both, both trains of thought. Let me clarify for listeners that should know this by now, but listen to me talk enough. I'm never going to downplay someone's draft pick. I'm just picking it apart because like, like, Anthony mentioned if he was going to round three, I could talk about Michael Harris, middle of round two. It's trickier. Just nothing against the player, and it's like the million-dollar man said, everyone's got a price. Like, it'll, it'll right. hit the it'll right. hit the realm where it works. And late round five, I was, like, you could have told me late round four I'd have been kind of interested in Ozzy you get to late round five, I'm like, okay, sweet. Like, that's just – that's kind of those deals. Like, I got the guilds uh, coming on Tuesday's show, and I drafted with him in the league where he whooped my butt and everybody else was on his way to an OC title. Um, oh, and, were you in it? I was in that one, yes. I got humbled very quickly in that league. But we'll talk about it. And he had that thing. We'll go over his draft. Like, Goldie fell to him, like, three rounds. All these guys kept falling to him. And, like, that's just the way it works sometimes. You get those gifts, and when they pan out, it's gravy. So, Anthony's on the clock here. He just won three starting pitchers. I don't – I'm not going to speak for him, but I I don't think we're going to see another starting pitcher unless he's really trying to set a trend. You're
2: not going to see a starting pitcher.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to where this one's gonna go because he's doing something different, as you mentioned. So that'll be very, yeah. very intriguing. I'm so not only am
2: I thinking about this pick, I'm thinking about what will my next pick be when I make and this pick. I'm that's what's fun about
1: this process. You have to be more meticulous. Yep, that's yes. the fun with it. So I so.
2: think I'm going to hop a guy real
3: quick.
1: Eloy, you know what's funny? Like, this is what this is what kills me. Is he fell to six. I nearly took him instead of T Oscar. Oh, did you? <laughs> In the three, four, third, I was like, yeah. oh, no, like, I was so clear. I'm Like T Oscar will maybe give me like five to ten steals. He ain't stealing anything, so that that's the conundrum. Oh, no,
2: no, no steals. Yeah, and frankly, love, we don't we love love want people. him. We don't want him no. stealing. Don't run.
1: <laughs> Stay away from any walls. Like just right. DH. Call it good, buddy. That's right. all we want. Right. It's Give him a ramp to walk into the dugout instead of using steps. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, Starling Marte just went off the board. He's a fun, Well, there's Gunnar Henderson that's getting close to the end of that tier we talked about now. We're sure getting close, close to the end of that third base tier. Um, yes. but uh you, you we talked to you little bit. Starling Marte just went. How are you approaching him this year? Because we know what he is, he's getting older though, and there's a lot of moving parts in New York, obviously, now so. How are you kind of viewing Marte, who was once like a perennial second round pick, fell around six here, and he's fallen in most drafts. So how are you looking at him?
2: I think that's a fine pick in this round. Um, I, I don't I don't particularly draft him. I have a few shares. Um, I'm not sold that we're ever going to see the even the Oakland A's of a couple of years ago late in the season going crazy, Marte. Um, I think that. I think he's a middling stolen base guy, 20, 20 something, um, which is fine. Um, and on, on that Mets team, uh, it's a pretty good lineup. So I think it's a fine pick. I I think it's really just, you know, if he stays on the field, even as his his it, age, it'll it'll be a productive pick. Um, these This this range, and I'll keep drafting because I know you're coming up, Bubba. Yeah. I mean, I'll keep talking. Um, this range right here is almost like a Goldilocks zone for me. There are... don't know there's 15 players there's in this next three rounds of their 45 players that go i bet you i like half of them i just love all the players coming up and um it's it's we've talked about this before if they ever had a if they ever had a a gladiator auction which they probably never will it's crazy
3: crazy i
2: would go shopping in this area like i would say you can have the you know the the high dollar guys and i just want like a lot of these guys but you can't in a draft you can't really have them all and so you have to kind of pick your poison as we move through and and decide uh, which ones is, today i want to shop with you
1: know and here's the conundrum of waiting on starting pitcher like we talked about because what's left on the board they're good right? should they be my aces probably not but that's where we are right now so i'm going to kind of take a guy i wouldn't normally have as my ace but at the end of round six I'm going to roll with you, Darvish, and hope he just I stays like healthy it. one more year. If stay I healthy. like that.
2: good and volume. This,
1: this is where it gets tricky for me because there's another position where it gets a little murky here, pretty quick to at least the, the upper tier, but not. now. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna go there. I'm gonna talk. I'm not gonna mention names. I'll talk. Go a different route okay. here. Um, okay. What I am going to do is I'm going to force my hand on a guy I think is going to run up ADP boards because at least I'm a believer in him. I could be totally wrong. I'm making my shortstop in Willie Adamas. I just keep believing. I get bat average sucks. Don't get me wrong, bat average is bad, but the power, and the speed, it just gets better every year with that kid. So I'm going to believe in him and maybe be foolish, but because um, after a couple more shortstops, that gets rough too, and sure does. Uh, rougher than rougher than it should. Let's put it that way. So I, yeah, I knock that one off the board.
2: It does. Um, I think that I think that there are there are plenty of good shortstops here up front. Um, in a 50, that's why we're so glad these are 15 and not 12 team leagues, yeah, because
3: 12 would this be so different. would be very
2: fun if it was a 12, mm-hmm. being it's as a 15, it kind of brings some strategy, right? Because 100%. things get scarce, yeah. Um, but uh, I think it's a good pick. Um, so with that, you've got, you've got power and speed moving all the way through, and then Adamus, I don't think he's, I don't think he steals much, does he? But he had eight, he eight steals might,
1: last he's eight year, he's not, yeah, he's not a steals. massive.
2: Yeah. It beats a poke in the eye, you know. It's yeah, exactly. Something. But yeah, not, year, nothing crazy. Yeah.
1: yeah, nothing but, crazy. Is just other shortstops. There's only one other guy I was kind of looking at, and I was like, nah, yeah, nah, we'll pass on him and, and move on. Like, um, there's a new San Diego Padre. He doesn't run either. Um, right.
2: Bogarts, uh, he just Bogarts went.
1: doesn't run. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. There's, there's another one that hasn't gone that will go pretty soon. He doesn't play half the season. So it's just like, it's just, it's a conundrum. Right. At, at the shortstop at this point in time, it's just this is what we talked about the whole time about waiting on certain positions. Now you have to like pick your poisons, see where it goes. That's right. And, that's right. And, and Jenny Butler is knocking out the outfield. Like Suzuki, I can really,
2: be, I yeah. really like her team right now.
1: Yeah, it's oh, a guys, it's a great balanced of... approach. Like, and she's she's knocking out the kind of potentially shallow positions
3: very her, well.
2: Her team, her team strikes me as a team that somebody would draft if they were, and I don't mean this against. Jenny because she's fantastic it strikes me as a team that I would say this is my silver bullet I'm drafting the guys that I want she's taking like great picks every round and don't get me wrong I think everybody should take great picks every round but sometimes you need to vary it right if you're doing a lot of them you need to switch it up her picks are like right down the line like this is the guy you should take that in my mind and he she keeps taking them so it's great picks.
1: Yeah. Okay, uh, I'm going to do this a lot throughout because there's a. Uh, it's a joke I've made on other shows that it, it, there's always fun fancy players on bad baseball teams, and the Royals are getting better. But you are a Kansas City guy, so when guys go off the board, I got questions. We've got two, our second one now. But I'm going to go with MJ Melendez first. Eric Cross just took Vinny P. Shocker, um, but Melendez went the third pick of this round, and I, I, some people are extremely extremely high on him. Some people are like, okay, he's good. Like he's good. There's no no disrespecting him. Um, he's going to catch DH, play some outfield. So he should play a ton. Uh, great yeah. OBP skills, average kind of stuff for a bit last year, but he was still very good. How are you looking at Melendez compared to some of the other catchers going in his realm of the draft? So.
2: so, I think you know, like again, like any normal you know left-handed rookie or left-handed young player, um, you always worry about how how do, how does that affect their batting average? He's got a batting average. Floor that's probably pretty low, but his power I think is is gonna play. I think um, especially you've got a situation the same as Varsho where you've got a catcher that's for the most part maybe I do I do think he still gets plenty of catching games, but he's gonna play every day either in the outfield or as a catcher. Um, when he plays in the outfield, he plays. He's an athletic kid just like Varsho, so I don't think. Um, I don't think you're going to have to worry about at-bats with him. I don't think you're going to have to worry about power. Counting stats will be down. There's no doubt about it. Especially, um, he's going to hit leadoff, or at least he was. And if you're hitting leadoff with um, with a low batting average, I wouldn't even think the runs would be great in the Royals lineup. So, runs and RBIs are going to be not great. But power, at-bats, um, you know – I think in this format, he goes where he's supposed to go right now. Uh, I think people pushing him up were trying to, you know, wish cast him into being something he's not. He's just not, he's not a, a, a star like a lot of these other catchers. And you need to draft him in this area, you know. Um, you I, said I think the at bats, the, funny
1: the at bats too. are important. Do what? You said some justifying things that are like that because you you kind of echoed a lot of things where I'm kind of when people are really, really high on them, I'm kind of like sitting back and I'm not sure you 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 nailed this. You stumbled in that that really stood out there. Um, let's talk Vinny P now. This is another guy. Love the guy. I talk about amazing Twitter follow. He's a young kid that gets it like he gets it. He's yep. fun. Like I love everything about it. Baseball's yes. fun. Baseball's fun. He gets it. Um how are you approaching him, though? Because, again, it's like melendez he's shining new toys. Some people are in love, like elevated Vinny P way up the first base rankings. So how are you looking at him this year? Like, to me, it's a similar approach to Melendez almost. But um, how are you going with him? It's it's just
2: like everyone in the KC lineup. Counting stats are a problem. Yeah. So runs and RBIs are just not going to measure up um, for the most part. However, Vinny P's ceiling – is an unknown number right now, and I believe it's pretty high. Okay. Whether he hits it this year or not, I don't know. But I think he could be minus the speed. I think he could be a Freddie Freeman type player in a few years. Um, nice. maybe sooner. Uh, you know, we just remains to be seen. That that kind of plate discipline does not come along with power, it just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So when you see a guy that is not striking out and is walking a ton. And hits the ball extremely hard. He's not swinging a wet noodle. Um, we really don't know what we're going to get. This, sh- I mean, people are drafting on the come here because of the metrics, right? I mean, everything points to a star. So getting him in the seventh, I think it's a great pick. I really yeah. do. I, uh, I I understand that you know the RBIs and the runs will be lacking in our lineup, but and I say R, I mean I'm I'm a Royals fan, but hey, I um, say R with the Giants that.
1: all the time. Trust me, I get it.
2: Yeah, it's um, it. I think it's. I think it's a good, it's a good risk. I think it's if you're gonna if you're gonna wait on first base, that's an awful nice consolation right there.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, while Anthony's on the clock, I'll kind of update on a few things. Uh, after I took Darvish, Damas, Clay Holmes went off the board. It looks like he should get the front-running gig in New York. We mentioned Melendez, Bogarts went fourth to Waxman, Suzuki to Butler, Wilson Contreras um, went off the board to Ringle. Gilbert, we got Vinnie Pete across Ray, Bednar, Reynolds, Kirk, Quan, Anderson. That was the other shorts I was talking about. He doesn't play that much. You have glass now to Bobby. Bobby just keeps taking pitching. George Kirby wrapped around, He started round eight with George Kirby. They went Kershaw, Franco, Severino, Kyle Wright, and Anthony is on the clock to make his eighth round pick. As he continues to do things a little different for his style right now. But man, Bobby C. There goes William. I almost said his name right. I love William Contreras. I am in love. I'm kind of mad he already got traded because I liked him a ton already. And he's in an even better spot now. So now it's like justified. And everybody sees it. It's in love with him. I already had him ranked time. I catcher your rankings that came out. I already drafted him. This might be the first draft I don't have him. Thank you, Anthony. Um, really? Like, oh, I love William Contreras. I am a hard, like, I, I said, I'd like, I'll take him over his brother. Um going to so that
2: must mean you were getting awfully good deals early on.
1: Yeah, no, because it was yeah. before the trade. It was before the he's trade. It, yeah. A lot now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now he's flying up the boards. Now it's tough because I think I have him ranked right around Salvi in my rankings now. I'm a big believer, and I, I but it's one of those things I talk about when you do rankings, and that's why rankings suck sometimes. Yeah, I take certain stands on some of your guys, and it's like, okay, this is my guy, I'm gonna get my guy. This is where I have my guy, and um I'd probably overrank him a bit. I'll be the first to admit it, but I, I'm a believer in him that much that I want to leave most draft rooms with William Contreras. So well, we'll
2: you and Milwaukee. I mean, Milwaukee went after him yep. for a reason, yep. and they went after Adamas, and look what Adamas did. Yep. 100%. So I'm not saying that, um, you know, he's God's gift to catchers, but I do think he's going to get a lot of run. And it sounds like he's kind of a pure hitter who's also a catcher. Um, you know, mm-hmm. kind of a—I don't it's know, like Gary
1: Sanchez, but he has. Yeah, hit well, I
2: mean, he's but he can probably hit for a yeah, <laughs> better version of that. But, but yeah, yeah I think he's gonna. They're just gonna. They're gonna play him, you know, five days a week. I don't know. I don't know how many, you know, how many games he ends up with for the year. But he's gonna get a ton of run, and it'd be interesting to see where his stats end up because he he can hit, he can swing it. So, um, it's. Uh, that I have like one other share, I'm ashamed to say. So I wanted to take him uh, to kind of set up my catchers differently than I normally take them. So I, I just, uh, yep. I'm trying to um, uh, diversify a little bit. You I, got, I, you like, pl- I like you got Plenty of time.
1: You Yeah, plenty of time to add more to that mix. Um, now it gets fun. I guess I'm going to go on one on the Padres here. Uh, I'm going to go with some Blake Snell for the strikeout upside, which nice. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't take my boy who's still on the board because I don't know if we're going to win any games for sure. Um, it's, it's rough over there in you, San Francisco.
3: You could take him. There's nothing wrong with I that thought guy. I
1: thought about double tapping him. At this point, in the draft It almost feels like a, a nice little grab right now. It's either that or do I go back to my outfield needs. That's where I'm torn right now looking at my roster grid. Um, I think I still need more pitching. The outfield stinks so bad. But somehow Rodriguez next to me has zero outfielders still, so I don't feel as bad, I guess. Um but this is where, yeah, I'm going to take him. I talk myself into it. Give me a Logan okay. Webb. Give oh, you Logan did do Webb. it. Okay. Yep, yeah, I, I think it's it. good. Pick. I'll take him. Yeah, there goes Murphy off the board. So Rodriguez still has zero catchers through nine or three, zero outfielders through nine rounds. That might yeah. be a first. That might be a first. That's going to be, I can't wait to see what his five outfielders look like. That's,
2: that's what I, I mean. Say. It's, it's, um, uh, when you watch these gladiators go off, you always think, you know, it's kind of a ho hum. The same thing happens, you know, it's like drafting a, uh, you know, a carbon copy every time even though the people move around a little bit within rounds it's pretty much the same no you'll see somebody do something you've never seen before um i've seen guys start have their pitching done by round 10 nine out of their first 10 picks were pitchers i've seen guys start their first eight picks hitters it's um you just never know and i think I love seeing that because it changes the whole dynamic for everyone Everybody. else. Yeah. Yes. That's what's, that's what's So then it makes it. your team different, you know.
1: Well, just like like what Bob did at the end there, like totally shifts everything. And then, like, you took three, like, aces in a row. I took two closers back. back. Then you saw three more closers go right away because everyone's like, oh, no. Like, it happens in these drafts, like you said. And so you can prep all you want. You can get a rough idea on things. and. It, it literally goes out the window quick. That's another reason why I love these drafts. It's just like the wild, wild west out there, especially the deeper we get. Um, actually, in theory, if you pay attention to the roster grids, it might get kind of easier the deeper you get in the draft. But uh, still a mess. Still a mess all around. Um, one, one thing I've asked a couple of Gladiator guys, I know I asked Fish and some others. Do you try to stack it all? in these like DFS tile stacking, I know, guys do it in best balls. I am
3: not,
2: I am not a stack person. Um, I don't think it gets you anywhere. I don't think that accomplishes. So if we all had a silver bullet, let's say this was a silver bullet gladiator. Everybody had one entry. Then I would say yes, because I would say, you know, like a couple of years ago, I'm going to take as many Toronto guys as I can and see what happens. You know what I mean? And just try to catch lightning in this case everybody has so many entries that what would be the purpose of stacking today? You know what I mean? I mean, I guess you could just to see if maybe that team excels past everybody, but I'm more of a person of trying to get the most stats out of each pick regardless of the team. Um, I think if you try to, you know, pigeonhole yourself to, you know, a certain philosophy or, um, or maybe trying to, um, uh, you know, stack because you love Atlanta. I don't know. I'm making something up. Um, you're really going to your team is not going to be the way you think it will, because yeah. even if you want to stack in a 15 team league, how much stacking can you do? You know, unless you're yeah. jumping people around or two.
1: Definitely, definitely gets interesting. I'm just to get a little
2: more speed here and address my outfield.
1: That's who I was going to take if I didn't take Logan Webb, Christian Yelich. I get. I, I I've always been kind of anti Yelich, but now where he's going in drafts. Right, he, I'm okay and, with and this. Now you, and now you know what. You're, now you know what to expect from him. Like you know what you're getting with Christian Yelich now. You're not. Yeah, let's look,
2: not talk about 35, 40 home yeah. runs. Or let's not talk about crazy. You know, look, season. at the stat line, here.
1: like if if like Bowen's or Harris regress just a bit, tell me what's different between them. Like they're, they're like they're still better. Don't get me wrong, but if you just picture like all of a sudden now Harris is hitting 260 with 15 and 20, well, that's almost what Yelich did last year. That's, like that's right. very, very that's, feasible. <laughs> very feasible. Right. Yes. So. Uh,
2: I think, I think, uh, you know, Yelich's, you know, true huge power is gone.
1: Yeah. Um, Harris' ceiling's but, higher. There's no question. Yes. That. So I
2: no think question. everybody's Everybody's trying to shoot the moon with these young kids, you know.
1: Yeah. There's no, there's, yeah, there's no arguing that. That's, that's 100%. But it's one of my things. Like when I love to draft or when I do draft prep, it's why I love doing like ADP debates or would you rather like, why take player A when you can wait six rounds, take player B who, you know, in, in theory could be very similar to what you could draft where you draft a player A, it outweighs the differences type deals. I, I like doing conversations like that because it, it, again, opens your eyes to even more strategies. While
2: you're That's trying right. To go. That's right. And the knowledge of the player pool, mm-hmm. not at your pick or not, you know, um, in this round, the knowledge of the player pool five rounds from now can affect how you pick this pick. Yep, uh, um, And, you know, it, it's 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 really more of – it's not like a player I want to pick later. It's a pocket of players I want to pick
1: later. Bingo. Bingo. Uh, yeah. Shelly V just took Lucas Giolito. This is the guy that's been haunting me in my dreams because I'm a believer that he's definitely not as bad as he was last year. I don't know if he's going to be a Cy Young guy again, but she just got him in round nine. Like, I'm super interested in that. I, I stare at him in every draft I do, and I'm like maybe – got him in 25% of my drafts. I, I just can't do it every time. But he's always just sitting there at a certain point. Are you uh, Are you just out on Lucas? Or are you kind of a, a believer in him bouncing back? Because the value, the price tag, I should say, is starting to at least seem kind of reasonable. So he hurt me, and he hurt me bad. Yeah, he hurt a lot.
2: Yeah, it, it was bad last it year. Was the, the, the cut was deep. And um, I've got a couple shares in this just to be contrarian, and that was when he fell, you know, way past – maybe even lower than this because everybody just refused to partake and I was like, here's my chance if I was ever gonna have a share. I am not I am not you know searching him out. So um, do I think he'll be better than last year? Yeah, but what's that really saying Bubba? I mean we don't even know what that means. That could be four and a half era better you know that could be and the problem with these is you can't take him out if That's you if match. you if you draft a grenade, you've got to take it in the foxhole with you and just yeah. see what happens um, same what thing you, with another start, guy that will come up later you know
1: that's, that's um, when you start yelling that's when you start yelling is he hurt put him on the il just take, right. like, you, I'll, I'll yes, take the zero yes, I'll take the zero to
2: break his leg yes yeah. <laughs> I don't mean that in a bad way but I know, know what it I mean. you're, but that's what, it's the line. strategy yeah. it's like
1: we all talk about yeah. getting innings and at bats there's a point where you're getting a negative in this situation is it really worth the the gamble here so right
2: good, good right point. it really it's it's a really So, you know, Gladiator is a is a is a balance between shooting the moon because it's really kind of like a big DFS contest. Right. Mm -hmm. Everybody's got all these entries. It's like buying lottery tickets and everybody's just trying to hit shoot for that overall and also damage control, because even if you shoot the moon with Michael Harris, we've been talking about. What if you draft a guy later that has a five ERA over one hundred and seventy five innings? You're done. Yep. That guy will bring your team down so much that the the wonderful picks you made early are negated. And yep. frankly, who wants to finish in the middle of a pack? You know, who wants to finish okay in the gladiator? It doesn't get you anywhere. Yeah, exactly. You, you got to try to shoot the moon.
1: Yeah, that's what makes it challenging. This is Anthony's on the board? So I'll I'll chat some more and update things. I mean, I took Webb, like Sean Murphy, Nestor Cortez, Tyler O'Neill's down to round nine now, which is we've seen a lot of. Hunter Green's a fun name to see where things go there. CJ Cron, Nick Lodolo is another one. That's why the Green Lodolo seem to go kind of back-to-back all the time. But had a slew of red pitchers who went. Green Lodolo, Alexis Diaz, potential closer in Cincinnati. Carlos Correa, that aforementioned name that should ever be mentioned again, uh, went uh, pick nine of round nine. Christian Yelich to Anthony. Then Lynn Castellanos, who I'm a believer in a bounce back, so I like that value to me a lot. Gio Santander, Luzardo. Then to start off round four, Ten, when Gleyber Torres, Freddy Peralta is a, an interesting one to me because I'm torn on his health. Andres Munoz, Nico Horner. No pun no intended on torn. Yes, there you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, very. I, 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 somehow, sometimes I do it even when I don't mean to do it. It's it's, it's a bad trade I have. Uh, Christian Walker to Bente, that's in, that's in one he knows I'm not going to like because I love Christian Walker. And then you did yeah, one I too. Know. You did one on your last pick, Max Muncie. I am all in on Max Muncy at his price tag right now. I love that pick a lot. I think around 10 for a guy that's second base, uh, second, first right now, or second, second, third. third. So, second yeah, third. second and third in a format like this that gives you a little more flexibility as you draft. I got that standing.
2: Right. I, um, I like getting that kind of power this late from a middle infield, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, and it, frankly, if you have foregone third base this long, it wouldn't even have been a bad pick to, to fill your third base slot. Yeah. Um, so I, I think he's a good pick around here. Sometimes he slips even more than this, but I didn't want to play the chicken game right now because I have someone else in mind for next round that I would rather do than it. So the problem is like, so let's say I say, you know, I really want Muncie. Let's see if he makes it back. And he makes it back. And now I'm torn between him and the other guy I want to take. You have to think ahead and say, I really don't want to make that. I hope I don't have to make that decision. Let me take it out of play so that I can do the thing I want to do next. You know? Yeah.
1: No, I'm with you hundred percent. It's, it's
2: it's almost like playing mind games with yourself. I don't <laughs> want that decision next round, you know, not that he would have made it, but who knows?
1: Yeah, no, that, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, uh... It's a wild one. I'm already trying to – I'm three picks away or whatever. I'm trying to wrap my head around what I want to do. And um, But I love the Muncie pick. I like that one a lot. I've, I've talked about it recently because in years past I've been kind of all out on him. But I'm just hoping – like he still didn't have surgery, but I figure what we saw late second half is, is he's as right. healthy as he's going to get. I mean,
3: he so he
2: really mashed the ball late. He hit the ball super hard. He still walks a ton. Yep. You know, um, uh, 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 Turner's gone. So I just kind of I mean I don't know. I and, and for, he could even I don't know if he's going to play second, you know, since they didn't get a shortstop in free agency, I don't know how that middle infield's going to end up. Mm-hmm. But um I'll keep talking again. No, it's you know kind of <laughs> um,
3: to it's
2: interesting to see as long as he's quote unquote healthy because you said he didn't have surgery, let's assume he's he's at least serviceable or better. Um, it'll be interesting to w- see where where he slots in and, you know, what kind of production he gives. He's, he's no spring chicken. So, um, he's gonna, he's gonna give you pop and that's really all you can count on with him. There's nothing else guaranteed. He could hit 200 or he could hit 260,
3: you know?
1: Yeah. He definitely has both of those ranges in in a big, big way. Um, this is where I'm torn right now. Do I play the injury risk game or just go for the gusto game? This is where it gets fun right here. um, or I can get my shares thing like we talked about. Go get your guy. Let's go yep. to the. Let, let's just cancel all that. This is a guy I'm in love with, so I'm gonna grab him now. Luis Garcia, of the Astros. Let's oh,
3: go. good pick. Yep.
1: Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna go with a, an injury wrist bat potentially. I'm like, well, never mind. Let me just get a four starter because I waited so long. Go get Luis. Right, give me that one. So yep, I feel I a like lot better about my pitching all of a sudden. Like it's yeah, <laughs> you should. You should. You've
2: addressed it here. You know. But the
1: bats now still don't make me feel warm and fuzzy. So it's uh, it's well. It's There's fun, a but- lot of hitters
2: left. The problem yeah. is as pitchers start to dwindle, yep. it's diminishing returns. Not only do the pitchers, you know, go down in, you know, level, you know, talent or whatever production, but they go down so precipitously that if you pass on them, the next time they come around, you won't want to take them even more. Yep. And it becomes a situation where you're like, I don't care. I, I'm just not going to pick this guy right now. I don't like him. he's got so many warts on him. And other people are willing to do that,
1: and now that you end up with it.
2: terrible pictures. Yeah, look at old Zach.
1: Yeah, I'm not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course he could have waited, waited to elicit a
2: response. Yeah, yes. uh, he
1: he could have waited a lot longer on that one. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's it's going to be an interesting way to unfold here because we're like almost at the halfway point, uh, give or take. Because twenty-three rounds were in um, just started round eleven. So we're really starting to kind of assess where we need to go, what we need. I like the Andrew oh, – Jenny Butlers. I'm liking this team a lot, like you said. Just kind of like – well, she's the one that took Rizzo. I was going to take Rizzo instead of Ian Happ. That's who I wanted. And it's like you said, yeah. the diminishing returns are what, kind of what you want in your pool. I'm like, well, now I'll just wait for – you know, farther down the list for me. That's the way I just look at the position. Right.
2: Well, my point is, let's say I'm making this up. I don't like, um you know – I don't know i'm making it i don't like luis garcia here i'm gonna wait wait till you see what's next exactly wait and till that's you what, see if you don't like him wait till you see what comes back
1: that's so what's great about doing these drafts the yes these drafts like help with that because the very first one I did. It was the very first one for me and Bloomfield. We both live streamed. I believe you came in the chat at one point and was talking to us. Yeah. You were with a group of guys that were in the chat. You guys had yes. a good time. Yeah,
2: we were all, we were all uh, we were all on a Zoom call watching yeah. you and you know just chatting about it.
1: And yep. we were just like our reactions were as honest as they could be because we were just like, "Oh, what? Oh, oh, crap!" <laughs> it was just, and that's how we started to learn the pool. So that's why I kept saying, "Okay, I'm going to do one slow draft at all times going on. I'm going to do." One Gladiator Week, basically, just kind of keep seeing where the ADP moves, see where the thought process goes. I think it's a great format for that, obviously, coming to an end. But now you just jump into your DCs, jump into your best balls, whatever makes you comfortable, and then the big boys start up after that. So speaking of those, I know we're talking about this draft, and uh, you're on the clock, so keep doing your thing, and I'll ask you in a minute. But um, you, Dustin May – well, let's just go there. This is a this is a name. Uh, Dustin May. We know the sky is the limit for this guy, Carrot Top. Great stuff, filthy yes. like Pitching Ninjas' best, like dream right here. Like you couldn't ask for more. Coming off the injury though, what not, are you uh, hoping for with this pick?
2: I'm not crazy about Dustin May in a Gladiator format.
1: I'm more interested
2: in uh, Dustin May in a Fab format, or even a DC where you this can is
1: diversifications. What this was?
2: That's what that was. I have okay. very little of him because I frankly have shied away quite a bit and the the ceiling is pretty high i mean the ceiling is 150 160 innings of great pitching um and maybe a lot of wins i don't know we'll see what the dodgers end up doing but uh, i think that you know in this round it's not how much do you like dustin may it's how much do you like him against everyone else who's available yep Yep. right so if you pass are you okay with the next level down well the next level down Mm -hmm. is not pretty either you better start getting on the horse, you know, and and get something done here. So I, I took a shot on him mainly from like a shares perspective, but I also know the ceiling is is great. So uh, you know, I don't mind it. Um, uh, I would really have liked to have had. Oh, uh, I missed on uh, I missed on uh, Lodolo and Green there in the ninth when it was coming toward me, which kind of threw me off, and so I just I just waited now. Um, so, you know, you gotta, you gotta get something done. You can't keep putting off the pitching. You can't nope. do it. I mean, you 100%. can, but I don't know who you're going to get later.
1: Yep. hundred percent with you on that. And that's why I, I kind of wanted to ask you this next one here is, uh, Shelly V took a name I stared at. I've been taking him a lot in drafts and it's Giancarlo and it, it, it's great to find at the opposite position where it's kind of rough, uh, especially this late round 11 to get that kind of power potential in that round I say potential because that leads me to my question here and this is where I'm torn on him in this format and I've taken him in this format but I like it more like in a read like a redraft or a DC because of the injury risk we just know what it is but 110 games last year 139 and 21 that's awesome rough 19 and 20 but then he had two full seasons in 17 and 18 um I think we need to expect probably 120 to 130 that's kind of realistic when it comes to Giancarlo that still could be 35 to 40 home runs like right. that's still crazy so how are you looking into a guy like Stanton and in general, you kind of set it with Dustin May, um, these injury riskier guys, I'll say because like, injury risk is a tough term. Injury riskier guys, how are you going about that? Because as we all know, we can't replace these guys. And I can talk some more if you want to make your pick, but that's my question for you. Like, how do you look at those? Like Harper won't go till the end or won't go at all. He'll go eventually, but he's out for half the season. Um, right. Players like that Buxton, he'll go late in this. Like it's just kind of how it goes.
2: I uh I am uh I am injury averse or or at least I am trying to be in these so I am trying to avoid guys that you know in general miss 20 30 40 games a year um I don't have any Buxton I don't have any DeGrom yet I and so that doesn't mean they're bad picks those guys are fantastic players and Frankly, me not getting them should make everybody feel really good because I generally make the wrong call on injury players and they stay healthy when I avoid them. But um, this is not the format to take a zero. It is not the format to take a zero. You are done if you're taking zeros. That doesn't mean other people won't take zeros. But I guess my point is why, why play this game with one hand behind your back?
4: That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast indeed.com slash blue wire sports terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Try to keep,
2: try to get at bats. Think about this almost as if a DFS guy. I mean, would you want a guy who is going to get pinch hit for halfway through the game? Maybe the giants, you know, you think about like Lamont Wade or something. I mean, as soon as they bring in a lefty in the middle innings, he's gone and they're putting, you know, Slater in. And you're like, I just don't, I don't want to play that game. You know, I don't, I don't want to take a chance of missing at bats. So I shy away from Stanton. I shy away from, you know, I mean, I'll just tell you, I mean, I would never take like, um uh like Mondesi or something like that. Just not going to do it. Uh There's no sense in it. You're, you're burning your money. On the other hand, some people are, you know, kind of riverboat gambler mentality. And I respect that too. Mm-hmm. And if you can, if you can make those stars align uh, for your team and get, you know, several, I mean, if you just did one, I guess, you just need to root for that guy to stay healthy. But exactly. usually someone who takes Mondesi also takes DeGrom, also takes Flaherty, also takes, you know, I mean, they're doing a lot of stuff. And before you know 100%. it, you're like, how is this going to all work out? How can 100%. you make all these guys stay healthy? So it's tough. we'll see, you know.
1: I'm with you, and that, that's what's kind of fun. It's like you either shoot for the moon, go for the overall. Like People will say, like, I want them all. There's a point, though, at the same time, how much risk is too much risk, It's just tough. Well, uh, it's, it was... not even
2: about, it's not even about, like, are you trying to, you know, uh, take guys with super high ceilings? How many of these guys can you really expect to hit? Okay. It's like flipping a coin ten times in a row and hitting heads. You just yep. can't do it. You know, you just can't do it.
1: And that was the question, like, I asked Fish last week. It was um, – it was um, – oh, what was it? I literally just had it and totally forgot it. Um, it was about the risky situation and ha- how much risk is, is too much risk, and he had a great answer for it, as Fish usually does. And um, it just really brings to light, like in this format, how different it is and why and, and guys drop, and there's a reason they drop. Like, should you take that drop? And it, it makes it very tricky, and it kind of leads me to – I was going to interject listener questions as certain players get drafted sure. – on this one. So let me make my pick real quick and then I will uh, ask the first question here. Now okay. I will take a first baseman in Josh Bell. I love
3: yeah. that. Pick. I almost yeah, picked that.
1: That's why I passed on Rizzo went. I'm like, okay, there's a couple first basemen that should be there coming around yep. the corner. I already so I have
2: wait. a lot of Josh Bell bubba, so that's a great pick. I just diversified with France
1: is all I did. Well, good. I appreciate that then. Thank you. Yep. Thank you for that. no, I did not pay him, people. I did not pay him. <laughs> no, 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 oh. that's a true story. Yep. Yeah um and see there's a lot of interesting pictures now like we talked about it gets a little murky there Um uh, sure okay, let me look at my roster okay i still only have two out. Yeah, i gotta go outfielder um this is one that i'm going full homer here folks we're gonna go mitch Haniger as much as i'm talking about injury risk here we go but i'm going mitch Haniger as my third outfielder I don't, um,
2: I don't think injury risk i i really don't believe that i think he's fine uh he he's um he's kind of a guy that um, has gotten some bad luck. Let's just say it like that. That's and fair. he's also a guy who, when he didn't get, back, I mean, these aren't. It's not a guy constantly pulling hamstrings and you know uh, obliques and so. He, he, it's like trauma injuries. That's you know, true. He's getting traumatic injuries. True. So I think he's a good pick, and he's going to hit. I don't know where you think he'll hit fourth,
1: fourth or fifth. There's not a lot going on there right now,
2: well, and saying, they, should, they, uh, shouldn't
1: platoon him. In they shouldn't. They
2: shouldn't They shouldn't. Yeah, look at the yeah. other people. Think about I, not only your pick, but think about the guys going around him.
1: One hundred percent. Yeah.
2: Compare him to these other players. He's a solid player. If after this year, when he hits fourth and plays one hundred and forty-five games, tell me what you think his stat line will be. It'll,
1: be a, big, it'll be a big it, number. It'll be thirty-three home runs. Giants just don't score runs. So give me ninety RBIs and eighty-five runs scored. Just because they don't play, they don't, they just okay. don't score enough. That's a great. Round. That's, that's a great 13th. line in thirteenth. Yes, you're right. Yeah, it's a great line in round thirteen. Hundred percent.
2: All of all of our picks should be, barring injury in this yeah. in this uh, format. If you are taking somebody oh. that you you know like a Stanton, where you sure. say he's going to get hurt, then ask yourself why you're taking. I don't mean to. Shelley's no, a great right. player. So I, I'm sorry to say, Stan. Anybody, anybody? No, I asked
1: because I've been taking stands. That's yeah. just not even a show; it's yeah, like me. Like I, I don't I, mean that's it a question for anybody's me. anybody's picks. Yes. Yeah, uh, yep. but now that reminds me. of My question is: Everyone's talking about avoiding injury. I think the strategy coming in here is building your best roster. Duh. But uh, everyone's going to have injuries. It's impossible. Right. Do we watch baseball these days? Everyone. It's just who doesn't have the most is what it's going to come down to, that's or the right. most debilitating injuries you know, is what it's going to come down. That to. is.
2: uh Jason DuPont named this thing. And uh, we were talking about, like, you know, it's like last man standing. And I think he said, yeah, it's like a gladiator. And everybody's like, gladiator. And uh, it's true. It's everyone's going to encounter injuries. Everyone's going to, you know, not just injuries, like, you know, just guys not performing like they would. But injuries, I think, will be the huge, you know, um, uh, difference maker, you know, obviously. So.
1: Yeah, it'll be quite interesting as Anthony's making his round 13 pick here, and then we'll do a listener question after he makes his pick, and I'm setting my cue. It's one thing I always tell people when I do these drafts, I do them in regular drafts, set your darn cue. It helps so much when you're trying to uh, figure things out and wiggle around and see what's available. But first question I got for the show here, Eric James Schmidt, a great listener of the show, said, in this format, is it better to use a strategy that is highly duplicated by others or is it better to go contrarian and try to be more unique? We kind of talked about it with your diversification spot, but how would you go about that in this format?
2: So uh, I, I know Eric, I've drafted with him a lot. Yeah, and I think good. it does depend on how many bullets you're firing into this. I think in general, you need to, like, let's say you were doing a main event or, you know, a couple main events or something like that. that's probably not a great example because of the overall But I'm thinking about like um, um, a situation where you're not drafting a ton of teams. Um, You're going to want to get your guys. You're going to want to draft maybe a conventional team, if that makes sense. You're not going to want to, you know, punt pitching or, you know, um, I don't know, you know, take a bunch of, you know, crazy stuff early just to be different. On the other hand, in this, I have seen so many different Um, ideas of of the way to strategize this to be different as everyone else. And in the end, sometimes with the exception of the two rogue drafters that drafted nine relievers, sometimes you look at it after it's done and you go, that just might work.
3: Mm -hmm. And
2: so I encourage people to try to think up a new way to go at this instead of just cookie cuttering it every time you do it. On the other hand, There's only so many ways, you know, to to build your team when you have 14 other teams taking the rest of the good guys. So you're either going to be jumping guys in ADP to make a team look different or you're going to be just taking guys, you know, just out of whack. You're going to be taking. I did one. I did one draft uh, bubble where I took first three rounds, three closers. Oh, I don't wow. even know why I did it just to do it just to do it and i, was, and I, and I obviously you know i' I wasn't crazy about the team because I don't even like drafting pitching, but sometimes you have to make yourself do different things and um and I really think you know in Eric's case, I know he does a lot of drafts it is probably best to throw a couple of wild rogue drafts at it to see if they hit
1: yeah well if you're going to do you know a bunch hundred I mean, percent it's it, he's going back to your DFS I do a ton of DFS gpp yeah. max multi-entry you get crazy because yes but single entry it's you almost like a cash line yeah. yes i like it's it's a total similar for i 100 understand what you're saying there like it makes a a ton of sense to me uh, a couple of picks i i wanted to to mention here for our listeners that um after Shelly took stanton this is uh, this is what i really like that she did because now it shows kind of how to me how she's building my obviously i can't speak for Shelly here but she has her uh four outfielders, or four outfielders now but she got all that late power with standing. And then she went Newt Bar and Brian Day of the Cruz, which gives you some average, some power, some like speed. She's building the team. That's the way I right. look at it. And I, I like how she did that, uh, bringing it all back there. Get that guy that could hit. Stay, if, if he stays healthy, and that's a big if, it's legit a 50-home run dude. And you got him oh, where you got him. And so that's like shooting for the moon. So like I I get that approach there. Um, we saw a bunch of catchers go here around 13. Kyber Ruiz went to the sixth pick uh ringle kitchen took raleigh in ninth you took jansen at 10 and Ben Tid took day De note at 11 so it'll be the like catcher's run here in round 13 there goes gabriel moreno to kick off 14 with moreno going to arizona anthony um you know you still have kelly the carson kelly there who is the kind of veteran and you know caught most of the time when Varsha played the outfield do you and i think they made the trade to make moreno the catcher that's my thoughts or at least Without the DH is, yeah like Without he's playing he's playing so how much does that boost him up for you like He's already gotten a boost even in this draft compared to earlier drafts. I foresee it continuing to climb obviously because of the because of the hype train he got in Toronto as a prospect. How do you see Moreno like where do you see him landing come like oh, let's say February draft us so not even getting to March, February draft? How do you see him kind of fizzling out there? So,
2: I could see Moreno um definitely exceeding this level of guys, you know, the Jansen, Darno, Raleigh, Ruiz. I could see him pumping up into the Tyler Stevenson tier um i do i am concerned gladiator wise that there's a chance that he goes to triple a for a few weeks to start the year just yeah, to sure. delay his clock a little but i think he spent enough time up last year that i don't even know if that makes sense for them they might just they might just start him day 1 uh and frankly they should because he's a better player than kelly ever could be at this point so it doesn't make much sense to to play games with him. Um, hang on, I'm just making a
1: pick. Yeah, no, no problem. Make your pick, do your thing. Um, it, it's just fun seeing these young catchers. I think catchers are super deep this year, in my opinion. You get the elite guys up top. I think there's viable options. Again, it goes back to the conversation we've had on a lot of positions: is you know, player C compared to player E, worth the the gap type thing. But I think once you get to a certain level of catcher, there's a lot of similarities in my mind. So I think it's an option. But and Moreno just deepens the pool. So really, yeah, oh, you got the Tuxinga. Oh, nice that, nice pick. I like that.
2: He, um, uh, Moreno's, uh, Moreno's a guy that I think is a really good pick for this contest because, don't get me wrong, he's a rookie, and we know rookie catchers traditionally don't. They struggle a little bit just because of, you know, the 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 burden of being a catcher, you know, and handling the pitching staff, but he's got a lot of hitting talent. And I think if he if they set him free and let him catch five days a week there, um, I really do think. I mean, how bad could he? I mean, he's going to be at least as good as the guys going around him. I think so. I think that's a great pick right there. I really do think. Um, it, it, now, when he pumps up to the you know tenth round here in a you know a month or two because everybody's hyping him up and all that, at that point you have to start making calls. You know, do you want him or do you want Sean Murphy? Do you want him or Styler Stevenson? That's a tougher decision for me. Down in here, I think it's a really good one. I passed on him only because I have some of him already, and also I'm a little concerned about would they start him day one or would they want him to go to AAA for a bit. I think they start him day one. I really do. So I was just mixing it up with Jensen, but I like it a lot. I really like the pick a lot.
1: And then there goes Jenny Butler doing another Jenny Butler thing. I was hoping Jonathan India somehow got back to me. I didn't think he would because he's a guy I think the price tag is just outstanding on as a potential. He was hurt with a hamstring injury. They brought him back early, made the injury worse. It was just horrible team context in my mind. Um, year removed from Rookie of the Year, still hitting the top of the order in that ballpark.
3: Right, he might ballpark.
1: he might not be the Rookie of the Year caliber ball player but I think he's a lot better than a, around a 13, 14 ball player at second base. So he he's a guy that I love seeing, and I thought he'd be going up in drafts by now, but he still isn't. Like Whit Merrifield just went before him, no slights on Whit. um and, and, and the trade that Jay's just made actually probably helps Whit more, actually, to kind of right. lock him playing time. But I, I think that that value potential on Indy is, is a pretty sweet little spot to be in personally.
2: I do, too. I think I think there's some good values right here with um, with uh, Grissom Estrada. Uh, I'm not a Maryfield guy, but that's not that doesn't mean that he won't do OK. I just think you've seen you've seen the best you're ever going to see from him. And I think you, it's either going to be a, uh, you know, a gradual decline or there could be a cliff at some point, just depending on, you know, he's a pretty pretty athletic you know um uh, physique so I don't think he's gonna just fall off a cliff but he also kind of swings a wet noodle mm-hmm. so I'm just not so sure you know that his 300 days are ever coming back um but that's you know it, things are all relative yep. who are you taking him instead of that's what exactly
1: and that's that's the thing is that's why wit like if he were to play 130, 140 games, you got a guy that's going to hit ten home runs and steal you fifteen to twenty bags. Like that's right. And in get. that
2: lineup, you know, I, I really do think that's still a premier lineup. Uh, I don't think yeah. they're done either. I think, I think the Varsho acquisition is. They may have one more. Um, yep. We they got more have money to more spend. bullet. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm do you with think you. about? What do you think about Oh here? I don't know if it's Ohop or Oh Yeah. What do you think I think
1: it's Oh I love his hit tool. The million-dollar questions that might be really dumb in this format is do they play him right away? It might be the Moreno situation, like you said. He starts out in the minors for a few weeks. He's their best option. Max Stasi, as fun as he is power-wise, can't stay healthy, can't strike out enough. So, right. um, like, the talent's there, probably a better backup catcher. Um, Ohop, he's proven to just be a, a bat in every stop of the way, even in a little cup of coffee to end the season last year. Hit the ball very, very well. He's got a great hit tool as lazy as that analysis is. Um, so I like that. I love what the Angels have done with that offense this offseason. Like they, they are for- trying. They have screamed forever, put someone around Trout. No time. Yeah. They've done it. Like as much as we want to yeah. give them crap, they've done it. Like if At least hop- they're
3: trying now. Yeah, yep.
1: they're trying. Got Shello there, Drury's there. They got options, let's put it that way. So I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. It, it, like Part of me says they'll, they'll start him down low. Part of me, it's like, if you're smart, you put him up there, let him sit on that dugout bench with Trout as much as possible. As He'll learn more sitting in that dugout with Trout and taking BP with Trout than he will in the minor leagues. Like, put him in that lock- Um, So we'll see what they do. But that's my two cents with him.
2: Right. Yeah, so. I just – I don't have a good feel for um, what to expect. What? Uh, how is his contact rate? Like, is he a pretty good – contact hitter or do you remember Usually
1: pretty good let me pull i can pull up his pages right here just
2: curious if he, no it's, it's, it's a fun discussion i
1: haven't dove into, into him much. at
2: all and so i'm just kind of curious what your thoughts were and, and if you hadn't either that's okay you know you can no, pick people in this and not
3: and not no, necessarily I've, stand i've looked at
1: i've looked at a lot of these things um because i drafted him in a lot of places but i just don't i yeah fan doesn't have oh they might give me a second here I gotta find his contact skills because the minor league numbers will be different. Um, there we go. Uh, they don't have the minor league numbers, so I can't tell you. But in a okay. small cup, his small cup of coffee, coffee, it wasn't ideal. Contact okay. wise, only like six, seven percent, not great. But um, doesn't swing and miss much at all. Like he had a um, sixteen. Well, that's too high. But like, um, actually, a small cup of coffee was not as good as I thought. But the, the numbers, 286, showed some power. Well I love is he walks a ton. So he's got good play discipline, career through the minors, uh, a lot of like low strikeout rates since he got comfortable, hits for average, and some pop. So I'm just hoping as he develops in the bigs, it translates. That's where I'm going with that. Um, could be speculating, but round what? Uh, 15, 13. catcher one. I'll take my chances. So yep. that's where i met with him. Usually he's my catcher too. Cause I usually get William Contreras before that. I have so many Contreras. So hop teams, it's, it's ridiculous.
2: Let me ask so, you this. If you don't mind me asking, yeah, uh, how, many, how many gladiators have you done? Or
1: this this is my, this is my third one. I'm, okay. I didn't, I didn't expect him to fill. so soon. <laughs> Yeah. It
2: became a, yeah. like a mad rush there. And I,
1: I get it. I get it. But like, I was trying to do like just one a week to like not overwhelm it, but kind of keep in the flow. And next thing you know, it's like boom, boom, boom. And it's like, okay, well, there goes that. Um, but yeah, well, I, I love them.
2: I think that um I think that there will be um there will be more of a method to the madness with everybody next year. This uh-huh. year it's like everybody's just diving in the deep end and hoping they remember how to swim with this because nobody really drafts like this in November and December. This is new new trails for everybody um live drafts in november
1: it's awesome you it's, know, like it's just the juice is flowing i don't already. know that it's ever happened you no. know and that's why like um you know I, i'll talk behind the curtain all the time i already have it written down in a note to contact all of you goofballs that started a text thread about the great idea of gladiator so when the season's over i want you all on my show to like how did this did this pan out the way you thought it would like just to look back like the strategies what worked what didn't just for fun like so, yeah. No,
2: that'd be that'd be a great that'd be a great pod. You know why the playoffs
1: you, are going off and everything. We can yeah. do
2: that. Yeah, we could do that. Uh, I can tell you personally, I I never imagined it would be this fun. I thought it would just be something that was kind of like a side contest that yeah. got a little, you know, a little action, and we kind of just nursed it along, and it would be fun, and hopefully everybody would like drafting that early, and it it was like wildfire.
1: I'll be and I think, I'll be I'll be honest when Waxman tweeted out he was doing a live show gladiator draft. I thought he was full of it. Like he usually like jokes around with stuff. I thought it was a complete joke. Like, who the heck made this? Like, who would draft this what? in right. November? Like, who's doing right. this in October right. or whatever it was? And nope, sure enough, fill up over a hundred of them.
2: <laughs> no, I mean it's it's um I think the price point is good. I think the the Don't get me wrong, like there's some strategy to it. And obviously, you know, you can anybody can mess this up, but it's it's just a starting lineup. So it's just deep enough that really do you really it's not like a 50 round D.C. Do you really need to know everybody to do this? Not really. It's a good way to dip your toe in the water and kind of get to know the starting player pool kind of, you know, it's basically let's assume this is somewhat the the player pool that would be starters through the first 23 rounds of mains and OCs and things like that. If they ran today, I mean, for the most part, you're drafting the best 30 catchers, the best, you know, 75 outfielders, things like that. So, um, this gives you a little feel for where everybody is, you know, um, where everybody goes and who you like, who you don't. And, um, it's it's really gonna change the, the landscape of drafting moving forward, I think. I think everybody who thought they could wait, or they can, but everybody who traditionally waited until maybe January first or even February, they will see how fun this is and they will do a few. You did a few, and I think you like it. It's I love just it. it's just entertaining, yeah. and it's like buying a, you know, a Powerball. When you go to get gas, let's do a draft. Let's see what happens, and then as we watch it unfold this year, we will have a better feel. We'll see where the stats end up. We'll see, yep. you know, how things, you know, play out. But um, it's so fun that I think I think it's uh, an easy, it's an easy thing for anybody to try.
3: Well, I'm, uh, gonna like throw, I'm,
1: I'm gonna throw Texas this out here. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this out here, and I won't. I don't want any payback from this. Can we do like a fifty league mid season gladiator for the second half of the season? Just throwing it out there.
2: So <laughs>
1: I'm not going to speak for any of that because it's
2: not
3: going to Derek
2: and Greg's call. But uh, we did we did discuss if there would be a way to do like an All Star break quick gladiator
3: yep. Yep. for those That's three days saying. of
2: the All Star break. I've it no would mind. really be a small contest.
1: I don't even um, care about it. I just but, it would be like crack cocaine.
2: Frankly, we could probably do it any time. We could do it leading up to the All Star break, and maybe have it end, you know, right when the second half starts after the All Star break. But it's an idea because, yep. you know, I mean, everybody.
1: Well, they do those Memorial Day drafts. Like doing live drafts, huh? They do those Memorial Day drafts. So why not throw right. a little, little more to the, the juice right there? Well, while, right. Anthony, while Anthony's on the clock here, I'll give you guys a little little run back of fun here after the Ohop pick. It was Lance McCullers went off the board. That's an intriguing one. Carlos Estevez went to Lenz. He should be the starting closer in Anaheim for now. J.D. Martinez to Waxman. Sir Anthony Dominguez to Jimmy Butler. And that leads to a question we'll have in a minute here. Alec Baum to Ringel. Sandoval to Wilden. Cross to Detmers. Loreano Montas Gray. Will, big Willie Myers. Then Dylan Carlson. So Shelly V adds another outfielder. So she's qual- she's got the outfillers figured out. She's got that locked in. I like that a lot. Alex Cobb, and then it gets fun. Bobby C., Evan Phillips, he already has a man in class A. And then he went Craig Kimbrell. Craig Kimbrell. So once Anthony makes his pick of Jake Cronenworth right there, with a crone dome, Rake Cronenworth, um, Sir Anthony Dominguez went 15-5. Crematola took Kimbrell at 16-1, Anthony. Our buddy Richard Sands had a question that turned into more questions, but we'll start with the basics here. Where do you predict Kimbrell will go? He signed in the middle of my slow draft, making my earlier Seranthe Dominguez pick look poor. Maybe I should have grabbed Kimbrell too, but failed to do so. I always went seven starters and two closers. He's talking gladiator formats, of course. And that would have changed my strategy. He would have had six starters and three closers, two on the same team, which would have made things a little different. But I think we think Kimbrell's the guy. I'm not 100% sold on that. I he th- okay. should I- like, we we know Philly likes just to add depth. Alvarado's still good. You got Dominguez is still good. They got a pretty hefty bullpen there. Um, so where do you see Kimbrell going? Because I think enough talking heads or at least thoughts will have Kimbrel as the closer for a little bit. How do you foresee that affecting drafts?
2: I would imagine that they would – I don't think Kimbrell – this is really presumptuous. I don't think he's wired to be a setup up middle relief
1: guy. I don't think so either
2: he's he's not done well traditionally like that in that role so they would like for him to at least share the closer role i would think you know um he is also not a he's he's not a um a, a cinch to to even put up good stats at this point i really question um what you're going to get out of kemroll only because I do think you'll get some saves. There's no doubt he's going to get some saves, but he he cannibalizes the saves from Sir Anthony. If you take them both, you're really asking for trouble with Kimbrel. I think if I had to pick one, I would take Sir Anthony and pass on Kimbrel, knowing that Sir Anthony's saves have gone down. Yep. You know.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of with you. It, it, it hurts Sir Anthony more than it helps Kimbrell. So yeah. yes, I mean, of yeah. course,
2: Kimbrel gets saves. But what are you drafting? Are you drafting another grenade? You know, is this going to be a five ERA with a 150 whip, or is it, is he going to be able to figure it out again? You
1: know? And personally, like, uh, I don't think I'm giving anything away. It's a 23 round draft. This was more of a draft and hold situation. At that point, if you're in a DC, just give me Jose Alvarado 10 rounds later, 12 right. rounds later. I'll take my chances there. I don't think he gets right. picked in our, our draft. So, but, um, no,
0: he yeah. usually does.
1: Sometimes, yeah, but in those drafted holds, go take him in around 33 or something. Like, go do that. I'd rather do that than fight over Sir Anthony and Kimble right now. That's that's my two cents on the situation, but uh, we'll wait and see. And I will be picking here shortly, and I get to figure out how I want to screw this up some more. What are you uh, thinking? Do you have any uh, do you, uh, the, do you have any
2: times? Or you
1: I need kinda... some more outfield help. I okay. still need, I still need either a corner or middle. I need an outfielder. I could always use pitching, and I have a lot of pitchers I like right now. That's the difference compared to other positions.
2: Pitchers. Let's see how many you've got. You've got two, three. You've got six pitchers, so you got three to go.
1: Three to Um, go. Got two closers, four starters. I'm not going to get another closer. If you draft two closers early, like I did, you pretty much go seven two. What? What? Okay. What do you prefer, seven two or six three starters to relievers?
2: So I started doing just almost nothing but seven two. Um, and then I started thinking about it, and I said, if everybody does 7-2, let's say most, I, you know, I, of course, thinking about Ks and wins, go ahead and do your picks while I talk. Um, I thought to myself, um, you're going you're to want to keep up with those guys going 7-2 on the Ks and wins. You're going to want to, you're not going to want to go six starters. You're going to need to go seven and keep them all healthy to keep up with the other guys that are going seven. But then I thought, okay. the seventh starter unless you really invest draft capital your seventh starter is probably not a great pitcher i mean it's okay it's somebody later it's a guy you're taking a flyer on who knows who it is assume your seventh starter is not great what's better for overall points is it saves and great ratios or is it those k's you get out of that seventh starter and i don't know what kind of wins you could even expect out of a seventh starter so i think there's a little give and take, and I think six three could could take this down too. I really do. So I've done quite a few six threes, and um, just to just to mix it up, I don't think you can. I don't think you can do five four, but I've done one five four just to be contrary. But I think six three and seven two are both in play. Mostly, I have seven two. Mostly. Okay, that's what it feels like. Eighty percent are seven two.
1: And it feels like if you get two of the quote unquote high-end elite closers, why would you get That's another right. closer when That's you get right. a starter, get the Indians type thing, get the county stats? That's right. That's exactly right.
2: Yeah. And you know what? It, it it's it's a uh, it's also like don't don't force it. Um if you if you have if you have so I have one closer. So let's say I keep waiting and I take somebody else. Well, if I get to the end and the the relievers that are available are just not great. I'm not just gonna take a reliever just because I waited on relievers. I'm I'll still go seven two with only one early closer because I'd rather have quality than quantity on the yeah. on the relievers, you know. Yeah.
1: yeah, I'm with you there. That's a good good point on that one. It's been a fun I think Jay Mitz asked that with shocker. He's been on a million drafts and he asked us that last time. I'm not day, even so. gonna
2: I'm not gonna give him any information. I should be asking him questions. Okay?
1: Yeah, he's been so many he's got a question for us later, but it's not really a fancy, more of a real life. So we'll get to that. Towards okay. the end of the show, but um, he's a good dude. He jumped in the first live one that I yeah, did. Yeah, he's a great.
2: He really yeah. is.
1: Really, really yep. good, dude. Did you um, hear
2: his uh, pod with Zach? I don't know. I have
1: not did. yet. I didn't listen to much so this past week. His catch that know, was I'm his jealous.
2: first really, really
1: I, mean, I know. I'm jealous. I'm kind of angry.
2: He's really good.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm yep. gonna have to get him on the show now. So yep. he's he's, he's really on the cool. list. It's it's hard for me because I like getting a lot of first timers on. But if you're not in the industry, I don't know if you like the podcast because you just if you're just right. playing, if you're just like playing. And now I'm realizing almost everybody likes to talk. Why don't we? We talk baseball. It's so what we do. Simple simple game. Um, well, I have so. to say,
2: you know, the guys who 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 do fantasy and are poker players, oh, they Jesus. just fascinate me because I love how their mind works. Their mind is in poker mode while they're playing fantasy baseball. And yep. it just—I really, really like how they look at things. J- uh, Mitsef yeah. is is a is a super sharp guy. Um, as are most of the poker players. They're playing three D um,
1: chess. Really
2: recommend you know listening to their pods when you get any of these poker guys on.
1: Yep. Yeah, they're good. They're real good. And then there's the robot Phil Deuceo. So that's a whole other conversation. But right. um, he he he's a monster in his own right. All right, let's, let's, let's have some fun here. Let's see where your, your team is going here, build wise. You got, you got your two catchers, you got your infield almost filled out. Only two outfielders though. So how are we feeling no, about that
2: right now? I've really i really put myself in a in a bad spot. I have outfielders that I want. Um okay. it's it's fine. Um, but you have to you have to decide what you're gonna hitch your wagon to. And I decided that I really needed to to get my starting pitchers done there. So I took a couple more um, I wish I had done more outfield. You know, you're always, you always have some, some things that you don't like about your team in these. Uh, always. That's, always. That's the beauty of it. If, if everybody was drafting all star teams, it would be terrible. You know,
1: yep. It'd be boring. It'd be real boring. Yep. So that's a, that makes us very exciting. And that's why I'm glad you guys did make it 15s over 12s. Like I prefer 12s in my fab leagues. I just, cause it's my style and I like having options. Right. I know most, most like the uh, 15s and everything. And, the, the cre like I can't compete with the the Weimers and Dusos and Tobys. and their brains and Fab in a 15 team league that blow me out of the water. I know that. I know my strengths and weaknesses.
3: That's not <laughs> true though, Bubba.
1: I promise you,
2: the more 15s you do, the more you like 15s. I don't I mean that. The, I think
1: it's more. The, I think it's more the time. The, I, I see what but they do time wise. I see what they put into that. Like I'll talk with Toby on our Tuesday shows recapping Fab, and he'll mention something. I'm like, heck. How he's like, Oh, when I was up at three in the morning, I'm, I'm like, Well, yep, there we go, problem They're solved. <laughs> I'm not there. Right. but how um, many, I, uh,
2: how many fabs do you usually do, Bubba? And uh, I'm not going to hold you to it, of course, no, you know, every, just no, like traditionally, every, how many do you like?
1: Everything usually changes, but it's usually give or take like seven, okay? Yeah, give or take some years more, but I've really tried to keep it in. Like, I'll do TGFBI, I'll do tout, um, and then I'll have a couple of C's and a couple other things. So I try to keep it somewhat down. What about you? What's your, what's your portfolio looking like this year?
2: So this is going to be the year that I really try to consolidate my fabs into, you know, maybe like a higher entry. So take two smaller entries and do one higher entry fab. Uh, I say that, and that'll all go out the window when March comes and I can't control myself because I'm an idiot but um, That's my I, problem. I really hundred percent with you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about you, but as the year goes along and you're doing your fab, some teams fall by the wayside and you spend more time on fab that ones that can make you money or that can win the league. So I really enjoy crunching the league and diving and looking at what my team leads, what, what your team needs, um, you know, really thinking about some players instead of just throwing everything at the wall in a, in a bulk fashion at fab. um, I really like to crunch it. So I'm going to try to be more disciplined this year, but again, um, once, once March comes and you go, Hey, you want to get in a OC with me tonight? And I'm
1: like, yes,
2: I do. You know, because we're all just, we're all just slaves to this.
3: Uh, yeah,
1: because I'll, I'll um, live. I live stream one or two every year, and some people want in because they want the fun. Some hate it, but there's nothing, so nothing fun. like live drafting, man. Well, some people don't like it because you're not going to hide your picks here. Like that's that's the rule. Like if I say I'm live streaming and you sign up, that's what you're getting. Like there's there's no because I understand and I totally respect people that are like I don't want you to see my boards. I get it. I totally get it. Playing for a lot of right. money. <laughs> right. But it's like one of the stipulations out the gate. If I'm, if I'm, think, if I'm doing um, this, you know.
2: Yeah. I think if, uh, I think if, if people are doing these, especially this early in the year, don't get I mean, me okay, wrong. You know, I like, I like the people that I've picked or whatever. These are not the people that I'm necessarily going to like in March. Yeah. I can tell you that a hundred percent. I haven't, I haven't done my deep dives. I haven't, you know, I haven't really crunched everything when gladiator ends here in a couple of weeks, three weeks, I don't know what it is. Um, I'm probably going to really take a deep dive for what I'm going to want to do in February and March. And I really do think most of the guys who have been <sighs> drafted early are not are not, uh, are not not feeling like these are their guys, you know, for 2023. Everybody's just kind of seeing how it feels. Look at old that, Bob.
1: That was going to kind of lead me to yeah, Bob's team. He, like you say, it's a plan of his, but he's really taken some – intriguing moves here d Est- Est- Ruiz right there in round where we 17 yeah. um that's that's a big or 18 eight on the turn right there that's a that's a big one um it, i was kind of kind of ask you know, i think you kind of answered it there's you've done a lot of these gladiators we talked about how it helps with the player pool kind of how to form things look at positional and, and statistical scarcities look at all these things but you also just mentioned how you're going probably you're gonna deep dive and realize maybe i do things differently for my fab leagues coming up. Is there anything that stands out now that you're like, like you already know in your head while you're drafting now, you're not going to do this situation come fab period? Like it's strictly a gladiator format type thing. So obviously, you can wait for positions later, but yeah.
2: I can almost guarantee you, with no offense to our man Toby, I would not do pocket aces this year. I don't feel like it's necessary this year. I um, I, don't get me wrong. We ever pitching always gets pushed up in March. We know it will again, and I'm quite sure that um, the best pitchers will get picked in the first and the second there. Um, but I really love the pitchers as it moves along too. I love the pitchers in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth rounds. Um, don't get me wrong; they're not quite as good as the guy that'll go in the first. I'm sure Burns is tough to beat, and you know all the all the big guys, Cole Strider. They're all going to go high. I'm not saying I wouldn't take one. I wouldn't take two. Because I like the pitchers in the next tier. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel right now. That's how I feel right now.
1: Okay. Yep. I like it. No, and that's one thing uh I talked to a few guys on the shows about. It, and it's one of the perks to draft and early so I was talking about getting different guys at different values. Right now, like you just said, you could wait on starting pitching for you could literally go around four or five and be pretty content. I really cool, like
2: how sure. your starters ended up.
1: Yeah, I like, really I, that's and that's why I've been like cool with it for now. like, okay, I can live with that. Like it's it's something I can live with. Because I like some of those mid tier guys that, you know, they're not aces, but I could see being close to an ace by the end of the season if they get the opportunity, per se. And I see that even in like like my draft and holds I'm doing now. So, but like you hit, you hit on, we all know come March that's going to change. So drafting early right now, you can load up on basket pitching late and get a whole different build than you're going to get in March, which is kind of a fun way to have your two teams form and, and go from there. So I'm, it's, it's, it's kind of, the most self-control I can get to not go all in on more drafts right now and just kind of go crazy and get all my bats and not wait on pitchers and all this stuff and then know it's going to change eventually. And by the way, my friend, uh, since we mentioned you only have two outfielders, you've taken four other players at a different position. So I can't wait to see. As we are in round 18, you have 19, 20, 21, 22. Quick (laughs) math, five more picks to get – X amount of outfielders. I know three how many three, outfielders. Yeah, yeah, three more outfielders. Yep. So well, I'm, I'm well
2: aware. I'm staring at all the outfielders. No, everything. but like,
1: no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not worried about that because you said you, there's something like I can't wait to see what they are now. This is like what's okay. intriguing to me because I was talking about Rodriguez, the, the second pick in the draft here, only had one forever, and then he's gotten Nemo and he got uh, Gurriel and Yoshida. I don't hate that at this point in the draft, like it, we're all things considered, like it's it's not the end of the world. You can live with that. Where yeah, it's knowing what you like. That's what's like. I, it's probably like a broken record to some people. It's, That's what I love like about a, these drafts. It's
4: if great. you do
2: enough, if you do enough of these, you find that the players at the end of the draft that, um, even if it's a let's call it a like a pocket of players that you end up taking. Let's say there's twenty of them, and you diversify them as you go through each draft, you find more and more. Um, comfort in them. And some of that is comfort because of familiarity and you just you've looked at them a lot, you've you've thought about it, you've looked at how they m- mix with your build. And the other part is comparing them to the people that went a little bit before them. And you're like, I don't know that that guy that went four rounds before isn't any better than this guy. Now that's personal opinion and a lot of people will disagree. And obviously, you know, reliability is part of it. But the other thing is, as you, and I, I want to stress this to everybody because this is a different format. Yep. As you postpone outfield, or you postpone starting pitching, or you postpone catchers, you are putting yourself in a position to take different people than you've taken before. Mm-hmm. If you always take your your outfielders from round, I'm making it up, you know, four through ten you're going to end up with a lot of the same outfielders because some guys you just cross off your list. I don't want Buxton. I'm making it up. That's nothing against Buxton. I, I don't want Buxton. So he's off. So you're t- you're scratching off a few guys that you just don't want to pick in this format. It, you end up with a very small dynamic of players. So doing things a little different also gives you different looks. And I'm going to show you some guys that I like late. Um, and I think, um, you know, God willing, I can get them, but, uh, um, I'm not so. I'm not so worried about getting guys that I like. I'm worried about getting the exact guys that fit this bill, which would be great point. Know, needing certain stats, you know.
1: Yeah, that's a great way of saying it. It goes back to the statistical scarcity, not positional. That I uh, keep trying to emphasize to people to kind of change mindsets on when they're drafting, what they're drafting, while they're dra- why are they drafting X, Y, and Z? And it kind of just changes the mindset to, to the whole process. So. And as and I scroll through here, I'm done with pitching. So, if you want yeah. to talk about pitchers with me, you're not going to take
2: one of my. I, I could talk about pitchers with you. It's up okay.
1: To you. Well, I, I'm not going to like. I was going to wait catcher longer, but I looked at the grid, and Butler and Gavitt don't have any. And okay. one, two, three, six other teams only have one. So, I'm just going to get this out of the way. As okay. the guy I've been taking a ton is Eric Haas. I like him, and I hate the ballpark, but I like the upside and the power yep. potential there. So, and the at bats for a guy you know, and then a picture I can't,
2: didn't they yeah, even they, get rid of uh what's barnhart's his
1: name gone. barnhart's gone
2: barnhart's gone yeah,
1: yeah. and here's a picture i know there's injury concerns every year but he threw 152 innings last year and if he gives me 152 in round 19 i'm a fan ratios are usually good strikeouts are decent and i'll take carlos carrasco on the map okay so
2: are they uh is he still on the block i heard they were trying to maybe
1: listen they to very well could they very well could um they could, and it, to me, if he does get traded, I think it'll still be fine. I don't, I don't think any team's going to trade him to not use him type thing, not not use him as like an you know, opener, closer oh, no, type situation. Gonna, he's gonna, he's so I, I, like, I like his situation overall. Uh, in the chat here, the YouTube guys have a question for us. Mean Guy1 asks, thoughts on s 2 That's why I kind of mentioned it. We kind of went past it when Bob took him to start round 18. You know, big – pretty big time prospect for the Brewers gets traded to Oakland in the big Murphy Contreras deal. And I'll pull up his, uh, his line real quick. We knew he's, he's a speed demon for those that keep track at home. The dude in 2022 last year, between double AA, a triple a and the bigs school 60 86 bases. That's like Ricky Henderson. That's William Ace Hayes right there. I think he had 103 or 109 attempts. Uh, um, they, they, they just let him go. Just let him go. basically. Yeah,
2: just, Anytime you want to steal, just do whatever you want. Um, yeah. It's an interesting profile. You know, the thing about his situation that's different than, I mean, except for maybe like a Pittsburgh or, you know, a few places, Kansas City or something like that, very few teams are going to give them all of the rope. You have all of the rope. I mean, short of hitting 150 for a month and a half, you're going to play every day. Now, in this format, If he hits 210, even if he steals, that's not going to work out. You need him to hit a little, or you know, if he hits 240 and steals 40, that's great. That's great. It's a great pick. So I think for Ruiz, it's all about his hitting. Is he swinging a wet noodle or is he hitting the ball with authority? Does he benefit from the no shift? I think you know maybe. So um, we just have to see how all of it plays out. Also for him. This is this is a consideration. I think a lot of people downplay it. The one pickoff and don't use your second pickoff because yeah. then you've used them all. Um, puts pitchers in a little bit of a of a of a you know a bind a hole. And then also the pitch clock. So now you've thrown over once, and now you don't want to use your second pickoff because then they know you can't throw over anymore. So you got to keep that in your back pocket. But you've got a pitch clock, so you can't just stand there or step off to, like, throw their timing off. You know, you just can't step off and start over. You have a pitch clock. It's going to be a ball. So then does that lead to more pitch outs? It's really going to be something for guys like Ruiz that are – I mean, we don't like to say rabbit, but super rabbit You're on the clock,
1: players. by the way. Oh.
2: Um, they, uh, it's really going to be interesting to see how that plays out.
1: Yeah, I'm with you because in the minors, he hit for a decent average. Um, not a ton of pop, but gets on base, steals like crazy. That is a very small cup of coffee in the bigs. So I wouldn't take that for much, to, to be honest. But there's a concern. There's, it's, a, it's a transition. The biggest thing you mentioned there, the A's have nothing to lose to play him. Nothing to lose to play him. So they run him out there. They see what happens. He could be a, a massive steal guy. It could be a complete disaster. It just uh, depends on how it goes. And like you said, in this format... 100.
2: It's He's gonna to get
1: tons of run, no pun intended. Yep, yeah, tons well done. Well done. Um, a guy I want to ask you about that Waxman just took back there, Jordan Walker of St. Louis. When I was doing my third base rankings. I always kind of compare to ADP to see how crazy I am to everybody. And uh Jordan Walker in A in in, a, in DC's right now is like a top 10 or 12 third baseman, I think. Uh, in DC? Maybe, top, maybe top. let me like I had it up here a second let me let me find out for you. It surprised me. Let's put it that way. I have it up here because so I was doing these wow. yesterday. That would, that
2: would be alarming. I can yeah. tell you that he's um the, the way. Okay, Zach no, he's
1: goes- the 20th. He's the 20th. 20th, but pick 250. 250. Okay. So he's going ahead of a lot of guys with starting gigs. So what I wanted to ask you is what am I missing here with Arenado at third, um, Goldie at first? I guess DH situation uh, here? Corner outfield. Our, corner, corner outfield. So are you are you a basic, but then they have Newt Bar, you have O'Neill. you have Carlson. Are you a believer in Walker getting enough playing time is my question. Because I know not, the bat's I'm, great. He was he was an yes. awesome story at F Paz, but I'm confused.
2: It takes a leap of faith. I'm not no, sold no. that so what we really need is we need a trade. I mean you could say yes. an injury too, that would be mean, but really you need a trade to um to to sh- to open up a spot for him. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that how that all plays out. I really do think they probably want to trade a guy because they do have some guys coming. So we'll see uh, what their how that plays out. But um, uh, I think Walker, you know, Walker is a is a really a home run type of pick, and I could see that that was Zach's. Third baseman, like it's not like his corner. I think it's it's his third baseman. Yep. Yeah, it's a so bold strategy. He he actually just so you know that wasn't an accident. He did that on purpose, and uh, I really do think with you know he's a max gladiator guy. Max oh, I
1: know he's taking all guy. of the shots.
2: So yeah, he's he's mixing it up. Um, I like I like the Walker pick, especially in this format, Bubba. This is a format where hitting on Walker in the nineteenth. And Walker goes and hits twenty-five, you know, and, and and eighty. Wow, you know, what a differentiator, you know, for that team. And I, we don't really know how it's all going to come around with the stats, but those kind of players can can make or break that team. Obviously, Jordan Walker getting zeros through June is not going to help. You know, yeah, you know that we want to talk about, you know, Harper, you know, missing half the year. Some of these minor leaguers could miss half the year on on the spec plays, you know.
1: Yeah, that's why it gets tricky on the spec plays, like where, where, when, how type thing. Does it all right. pan out? You, you can't really wait for it, but um, it, it does become quite quite interesting there. Uh, a few more. Dre Jamison just went. I like that as an upside play again. It's tough for me on a format like this for Dre Jamison, but I do like the the, the talent level there. Um, but, man, I just don't know what Arizona's going to do. Is he going to start out the year with them? How far is he going to go? There's a lot of questions I have there. Would you rather have a guy that you know is going to give you 148 quality innings, or would you be kind of worried about that?
2: So, for me, the later in the draft it goes, the more it's about quality and less about quantity.
3: Okay.
2: Um, You know, uh, Dre Jameson might pitch 90 innings, but it might be 90 great innings. I know I'm up. Um, So, then you ask yourself – um, that's basically like you know, kind of like a glorified reliever. I mean, with maybe the upside of more innings, but mm, I think I'm going to go. By the way, I
1: start. I'm starting to see some of your outfielders. By the way,
2: yes, you can see There's... him staring in the face. Yeah, I'm. Looking, I'm looking down. I'm, I'm scrolling down here. the outfield
1: list, and I'm like, this huh. guy is
2: kind of. I've got a couple shares of him, but he's like kind of that. a little. I, I'm not. Crazy about how he hits lefties either. So um,
1: Brandon Marsh for anybody keeping track at home. Brandon Marsh off the board to Anthony Gialdi. So yeah, yeah. I like that. As long as they don't make a trade, there's always those rumors. But as long as he gets to play, his defense is great. I like the upside. I like the upside we're seeing there.
2: Yes, he has great defense, and um, obviously, you know, he really hit in the minors. Of course, that was PCL, and we know everybody hits in the minors. But I think it's PCL, right, for
3: the Angels? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Everybody, it was still Salt Lake. I think they moved a yeah. few times, but yeah, yeah, ever the ball flies in the PCL. There's no questioning that at all, but um, yeah, it, it's not a bad pick. I like as long as they don't make a stupid trade, I think you're totally for, fine there
2: for these outfielders. My, my key has to be at bats now, it can't yeah. even be you know, home run, it has to be at bats. They have to get at bats, and for him, I hope he'll get 500 at bats, but. You know, if something happens where they get another center fielder, uh, you know, or somebody they like that's a center fielder that's right-handed, that's not great because that'll take a lot away from him.
1: You know? Yep, that will definitely change. Or a things trade up.
2: They trade him out of there. I don't know, but
1: yeah, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Because I
2: think he's, um let me check here, how old is he's twenty five.
1: Yeah, he's young. He was a big time prospect. Just didn't needed to change the scenery out of Anaheim. That,
3: that was, was
2: the... his first full year. And in 424 at-bats, he went 11-10. Of course, you know the counting stats stink because he was batting at the bottom. But 245 with 52 ribs and 49 runs. I just think it's a spec kind of a play. 6'3", 25 years old, plays great defense. Let's see how it goes. Yep. Philly's got no. a pretty good lineup stacking. Pretty up.
1: good. Pretty, pretty good. Yes, they do. I like that quite a bit. They have this guy Hoskins, if people don't know, big fan over here. So uh, <laughs> Waxman is going for the moon on this team. I'm going to read this off real quick. Um, this is a Waxman draft. He goes, Julio Rodriguez, Mike Trout, Alcantara, Olsen, Lou Bob. Okay. Salvi, Bogarts. Okay, good. Nathaniel Lowe, not bad. Tyler O'Neill, Paul Sewald, Voldemort, uh, Jose Leclerc. Grayson Rodriguez now starts to get fun, folks. Riley Green, JD Martinez, Bryson Stott, Eric Lauer, Hunter Brown, Jordan Walker, and then a Roldish Chapman. All in all, not bad. Like I, I like it more than I thought I would, but there's definitely some chances being taken by Mr. Waxman on that draft board.
2: Yep. Seawald and Chapman is quite a combo. Yeah. But guess what? Um, wherever Chapman lands, wherever that is, don't know where it is, could be Tampa Bay or Miami or something, he's going to get some saves until he flames out or I don't know what he'll do. You know, maybe maybe he's just bad enough that he gets a few saves and it doesn't work out. He's not going to be just like Kimbrel. They are not bringing him in to pitch the seventh. So wherever he lands, you'll get some saves. It's, is he a grenade? Is he a four and a half ERA with a one five whip? Or is he, does he get the whole season in you know, maybe not great stats, but a lot of saves because a lot of saves makes that quite a
1: pick. That was very true. Um, I know you're up. No, no, it's fine. Hello. I love like Bayo. I'm a big Bayo, Bayo fan. Yeah. Yeah. I love love what I'm seeing from him, but now I'm realizing I need three bats. Now my pitching's done after waiting forever. Okay. Um, and I'm going to take one of your outfielders. I hope it's okay. not the ones you wanted, but okay. um, where did he go?
2: I'll let him. you know if it's
1: one of the guys that I like. I'm taking a chance here. This late in the draft, hopefully he plays every day in Colorado. Give me Nolan Jones at this point in time. Oh, I like the upside potential there. I know so, the guy The guy should have taken. I'm not going to say that. you, Since you mentioned that bats, I know who you're going to take now. Yes. But, yes. Um, yeah, that Nolan guy. Jones. That's one, and then there's another one I, I had circled, another elder statesman. Um, yes. But, uh, yeah, Nolan Jones, I'm a fan of that move. Hopefully, again, I'm praying the Rockies play their young kids. That's a big prayer, but uh, I like the talent there in that ballpark.
2: One would think they didn't trade for him, but the Rockies that's, are so weird. The that's one kind would of my he thought. Yeah, get plenty of run. Yeah,
1: he should get yes. plenty of run. This is a guy that has been a hitter in the minors. Uh, was in the Cardinal system for those, or the no, Cleveland? Cleveland system, but the power has been there. A little bit of speed, hits for average. Throw him in that ballpark. He's always had a strikeout issue, though. That's kind of been the bugaboo with Nolan, but a lot of kids do these days. That's the problem. It's tough to really evaluate that. They're, they're swinging for the fences. So we'll see. Right. There goes one of my guys. Yep. Here we go. So, this is where it gets fun now. There. Yep. This I've is where the way
2: got lined up. It's just, you know, am I, how deep am I going to have to go here? You know? And, and frankly, I have two outfield and one util left, so I can pretty much take anybody I want if I have to. For at least one of the picks. Yeah, this is a this is a different ending for me. <laughs> I'm usually yeah. have at least one pitcher slot right now, so that's, um, that's when I that's realized
1: correct. I just took my last Zach picture. I'm like, yeah. that's when I I took my last picture. I'm like, oh no, I have three more picks and none of them are pitchers. This is weird. This is a weird position yeah. to be in. So yep, yeah, that Here was a go. great picture, Zach. Yep. Which one so, did he get? Uh, I almost it was Frisco. between Stripling. It was between Stripling and, and Bayo for me. Uh, yep. that's exact. I, I went strikeout upside over stripling basically overall floor. That's what I, I went for the gusto, probably foolishly, if that's what I went for, yeah. So, but I, I like stripling a lot, especially going to San Francisco. Big, big thoughts on that one. I, think, um, yeah. Well, Jared has a question for us. I'm gonna wait, okay. Jared. I'm gonna ask him after Anthony makes his pick. It's a deep question. So, what were you gonna say? You think what?
2: I said, I do think. Stripling is a safe pick. I don't think yep. he's a guy who's going to have a six ERA in Frisco. I think he's going to have good stats. Yep. So I don't know how good, but I think it'll be fine. You know, yep. I think that's it doesn't, a, that's it a doesn't smart start guys pick. Out,
1: doesn't strike guys right. out. Right. I mean, thing.
2: well, you're not going to get
1: side. Yeah. But no, but no, I, I love him at this point in the draft all day long. Yeah. Right. With you 100%. There, there's Juan Hiapez. There goes one of the outfielders that uh, – Anthony was looking on. I think so let's, he's, he's going to DH. I really yeah, do. He should. His, be bat, his bat. Plays. Now, that,
2: now that Pujols is out of the way. You
1: yep. know. So, Jared, who is the team three Lentz's team in this vlog, he asked us, um, so what are your thoughts on my team so far? Um, We've got okay. Melinda's a catcher. Is
3: that, is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, okay. yeah. Melinda's a catcher. Naylor at first. Polanco at second. He's got Lindora Mateo up the middle. Suarez and Urias on the corner. Acuna, Buxton, Renfro, Hayes, Soler. Pitching of Romano, Huda Urias, Gossman, McKenzie, Cortez, Morton, Estevez, Rogers, Syndergaard. I think there's volatility on that team is the way I'll put it. It's got some upside for sure. There's volatility on that team. Yes,
2: I agree. Um so I like the Romano Estevez pairing. I think that's okay. pretty sneaky. I like it a lot.
3: Yeah, Thanks uh,
2: I really like I like uh I like the outfield. Uh, Soler is a fifth outfielder. I'm not, I, I've mentioned this. How does Buxton work out in this format? Yeah, How
3: does that work out?
1: If he plays 140 games, he could be a league winner.
2: Well, you know, <laughs> if Queen had cojones, she'd be yeah, the king. Exactly, you know, I mean, exactly. We're all waiting on that. It's, so it's that tricky. is, that is, that is a, a spec play by him. Um, I think that, I think that, really for him the key is going to be at bats right because i don't really see any like glaring mistakes i think it's at bats he needs at bats from buxton
1: health he's at health
2: yes yes he needs he needs them to stay on the field all these guys and that's fine um i uh it's far be it for me to say you know um you know i'm making this up far be it for me to say you know i don't like your short, your middle infielder, it's Mateo. Who's my middle infielder? You know what I mean? Everybody <laughs> exactly. has those, everybody has those weak spots and it's going to come down to health. And, you know, some people, you know, like different things about players than I do. Maybe he really needed Mateo for the speed. Mateo works out and steals 30 and hits 15. And, you know, does, I think he's kind of like going to be like a super util for them is the way. I yeah, he should Maybe. be. Maybe not. Um, you know, uh, all these, what we think we know, we do not know.
1: Yeah,
3: and Jared Phil we so
2: season
1: exactly. It's- and one one caveat for Jared is, he did mention a little while ago that he's intentionally taking guys he didn't draft in his first three gladiators. There you know, go. You no, know, this is a ton of fun. He's like he's there it's his go. FOMO. It's his FOMO draft. So in that theory, it's probably pretty awesome.
3: <laughs> right,
2: and and <laughs> this is the this is the most fun you can have without having to deal with the consequences later it's yes. a fire and forget let's yep. you know let, i'm gonna i'm gonna do this way tonight and see what happens and of course we'll know more look all the all the teams in the top 50 are this way oh maybe we won't do this style of draft next year exactly. you know what i mean but right now we don't know what's going to stick to the wall well and you know so, and you know it's
1: funny anthony as you say that because we we do that in Fifteens, redrafts. redress—we do that every year. if We evaluate the winners. How often does it stay the same every year? It's baseball; it changes so freaking much. But
2: well, especially y- with this, there's no—it's just no, health.
3: It's just yes, health. There's
2: no way to fix what your mistakes are or your health. <laughs> so let's think about this, and this could be something we could talk about after the draft too. Let's say, arguably, four of the top closers get hurt in some way, either partially or the whole season. Those guys are on every team in the gladiator and those teams are now gone, not gone, but you know what I mean? They're really behind the eight ball because they lost a high draft pick closer. I'm making this up. That's going to change the whole contest because nobody else can pick up the guy that's taken up their, you know, the backup guy for them. Nobody can, uh, you know, capitalize on that. Nobody can fix those teams those teams are just gone, you know? So it's really going to be, you know, last man standing type of situation with these, with these things.
3: Um,
1: Um, Real quick, uh, Jimmy D's got a question. He's he's an avid listener. He was asking where has Glass now been going lately? He went uh, uh, around ADP 95 in the month of December in Gladiators. I want to make that very clear for everybody. And he went at, um, the very end of round seven in this one. So that's what you got going for the glass now in this one. So, yeah, he's, he's moving up. People are starting to believe in the health. Are you a believer in Glassnow's health after missing most of last season?
2: Uh, I am a believer that he's going to be okay. I am not a believer that you can get any kind of bulk out of him this year. That's my, that's I mean, my guy, concern. I mean, so would I take him in fab? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I would if the pick was right. Would I take him in this? How are you going to get – how are you going to get 140 innings out of it? I just don't know how. It, I mean, maybe you don't need that, but for the for the draft capital that he costs right now, it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for. You know.
1: and what's interesting: the month of December ADP of about 95 in Gladiators, and the month of December an ADP of 81 in Draft Champions. So it's going even higher in DCs, which makes sense. Kind of what you're saying. I'll trust him in that format. I'll get some backup guys. We'll 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 reload the the will reload. You can't do it here. That's the problem. So, definitely yeah. format. It just that that is a great example of format to format dependency, folks. <laughs> Changes everything. Yeah. Once this ends, throw this
2: ADP. Oh, out I the won't window. even.
1: I will not even throw click, it on, out thing. I I even click on this. the window. I won't even click on this unless it's for content reasons. I will not be looking at this at all. Not at all.
2: Right. The only time we should look at it is to laugh at it later.
1: Yeah. Like what were we doing drafting five closers what? in the first twelve picks? Like what? What were we thinking? But, That's right. Uh, yeah, that's right. 100%. Um, Anthony's on the board. I'm guessing maybe another outfielder. We'll see. He's got two more picks to go. As we are in around 22 folks on the home. That's another thing that's great about these drafts literally two, two and a half hours in, out, done. It's the most right. beautiful thing you can do. Um, Miguel Vargas, I like that a lot at this point in the draft. Um, corner infield eligible, obviously first. I think he's first, yeah, first base right now. On the, even though, even yeah. though he plays third base, like that's a weird one for me. But yeah, corner infield is what you're getting them for at this point in the draft. And um, this dude's got pop, big time pop in LA. And losing Justin yep. Turner, losing Trey Turner, losing God knows what else they might lose because they got a new contract they got to pay for now. All of a sudden, um, there are some
2: bats that have opened up. Uh-huh.
1: It's just that's I wouldn't say sneaky is the right word. I think enough people that draft these know it, but that's a really Fun slash really smart late round pick. I like that a lot. That's a lots yep. a good one, a real good one. I,
2: uh, between between him and Cassis, I've got I've got some
1: some yep. risky picks there. But, but uh, those those guys yeah. can each hit thirty plus bombs, and you wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> That's yep. the beauty of
2: it. I uh, I just need them to do. I need them to just play right. So first and foremost, please just play baseball every day.
1: There's, and there's, then
2: hopefully they do well. But
1: there's you can't two zeros. There's, heroes, there's okay? two shirts I want to make for bench with Bubba. Just play, and the other one is don't suck. Yeah. Like that simple. Yeah. It's a simple game. Just play and don't, don't
2: suck. But if you don't play, you suck.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: because I can't yeah. use you if you don't exactly.
1: play. Exactly. Yeah. It's like it's it seems it's such a simple game, right? It's so simple. Just play and don't suck. That was, That's uh, right was uh, so funny. Such an easy game. Don't worry about the rest of the details, people. Um, as we are r- wrapping up almost round 22, it's coming close to my last two picks here. And I need a do three, I believe a middle, a corner infielder and a utility. So let okay. the games begin. Let the games begin on this one. I got some guys well, circled. Um, you get
2: whoever you want. Of course you don't, you're speaking to the, to the void, yeah. you know, to the internet. So maybe don't say it quite yet, but whoever you want, you get between us. So. Uh, yeah, I no, just, it's
3: it's
1: it's almost like do I just want to go with a couple safe kind of floor guys or do I want to take some chances? Because there's a couple interesting darts out here still, but there's also a couple safety picks. And I am on the board, and I'll take my utility pick first while I think of my corner infield one. There's, okay. There are some definite darts to be had out here. Man, can, I'm going to say his name. I don't care. It's late in the draft. Can Tommy Pham sign somewhere, Please? Please?
2: Anyway. Yeah, I mean he's going to. It's just you really yeah. need him to have a good situation. I'm I'm worried he'll he'll That's show up in cool. like Oakland or something. I don't
1: know. That's where I'm like sitting at, going great. So I'm gonna or, pass uh, on him as much like as I him. love I love him. Um, boring pick. That's a boring pick. This is fun. I'm gonna run out of time. It's really okay. There we go. I was gonna take him earlier. I'll take him as my utility because I want a little extra speed potentially towards the top of the order behind India. Give me T.J. Friedel of Cincinnati.
3: Okay, okay, we'll go
1: there. He's a late round guy. I've been targeting a lot of drafts, not just Gladiators. Now the corner infield. Do I get boring or take a chance? I feel like boring is the way to go here with uh, another Anaheim Angel.
2: Boring, or, uh, boring wins leagues sometimes. Yeah, especially, it's especially
1: this, especially this yep. late in the draft, it definitely does. So yep. I'm gonna go really boring here because. Talk about getting a batting average asset in the 23rd round. I'll take Gio Yershila. That's my corner. Okay. Don't love it, but at round 23, he's going to play. He's going to play. He's going to hit 280 plus, drop some homers yep. in there. And I said I, I love the lineup. Okay. I didn't mean to stack. I got like four angels, I think, in my lineup. So here okay. we go. Here we go. Well,
2: it's all right. I mean, yeah. it really, it doesn't matter. It's just um, the, the only thing I would say here, as opposed to DCs and any other format is you really shouldn't hedge you shouldn't take you shouldn't take the closer you shouldn't take clause and current you really shouldn't do that the only reason you should do that is if you just have no other options in the 23rd round and you're just like i just need good good stats from someone and maybe then you're hedging just in case of you know injury or whatever um i wouldn't take sir anthony and Kimbrel. i just wouldn't do it because you're only going to possibly get one closer's worth the stats out of them out of two picks you really need to maximize your picks in this and not hamstring yourself with hedges
1: yeah i'm with you i think it's a great great that point makes sense. it's just you, know, you
2: you have one shot to get all this stuff and if you hedge uh you know you're you're taking that possibility away
1: I need, to, I need to talk to Eric Cross. He forgot this isn't a prospect draft. He has a lot of young boys on that team. A lot of He, uh, he,
2: he knows his prospects. I know he, he does.
1: That's the thing. But he this I don't know if this is the format <laughs> for it.
2: <laughs> That's right. the problem. Get ready it's, for the most boring pick you've ever seen in your life.
1: Coming I'm looking fans. forward to it. I'm curious because it's going to be an outfielder. You're going we'll to You're going to
2: really – really... I love
1: that Young Gomes pick. Sorry, I have to say it. I think him starting is more fantasy viable than people think. But, Let me yeah.
2: look one more time before before. I'm looking I make for, it at,
1: Oh, he hasn't gone yet. The guy I told you I thought you were going to take earlier. If we're talking boring, I'm taking old. Yes. Did, old did, he, and did he just sign a contract recently? Yes. He did. To go back to his old team. Yes. Yes, I know exactly who you're taking. Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I, I almost took him instead of Jones because I'm like it's boring, but literally it's going to hit for average, hit like third in that lineup. Like it's boring but good. Right. Uh, and really, what what. I
2: mean, don't get me wrong, somebody around here is gonna outproduce him. There's no doubt it was about Michael it. Michael
1: Brantley, by the way, people, if you didn't see it yeah. live, yes.
2: There's definitely better picks than him right now. I just don't know what they are. So I'm trying to take a bird in the hand, beats two in the Bush deal.
1: I'm with you. you know? No, that's that's why I almost took him over to Jones. Like Jones to me is the kind of upside he play, but it's the Rockies. Like I I know if I take Brantley, he's playing. It's gonna be good. I
2: don't think I have any shares of Brantley, but again, the way this team was built with needing three. Uh, outfielders in the last four picks uh i'm getting guys i have some yupez but i'm getting guys i don't have and that's okay with me you know yep. um you obviously don't want terrible guys but sometimes the way it goes at the end after you after it all washes out you're okay with it you start 100%. you start looking at it you go your shella i like that that's okay yeah you yeah, know that was the
1: last like pick that. to yeah. fill a void i'll take it right like, in reality i'll take it 100 100 times at a 100 honestly
2: the first, the first thing you ask yourself is, are they going to play? And if they're going to play, that's the first step to it being a great
1: pick in this and, format. And the last pick of the draft to Bobby C. Carrie Carpenter of the Detroit Tigers. Yeah. So yeah. fun draft in like two hours and ten minutes, basically. The beauty of this
3: thing. Beat.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the screen out if people want it. I can throw it back up. I can whatever, but. We're done doing the draft parts now. We can we can talk a little bit here, but it's fun, man. I'm glad you guys came up with this. It's a, it's a heck of a format in your guys' little chat there, and um, it's fun. Everybody enjoys it that I've seen. Try it out. I know most people at first are hesitant because I even thought, what the heck are you guys doing? Like, really, what is this? And then people get into it and like, hey, this is great. I need another one. I want another one. It's so
2: like awesome. – um, well, I was going to say this earlier. It's like Texas Hold'em. Everybody can learn Texas Hold'em and in- five minutes, you know what I mean? Or whatever, you know, but then you play it and you're like, uh, oh, this is, there's more to it than just drafting a team yep. here. It's more to it than just, you know, picking a starting lineup with 15 teams. It's not as easy as you think it is. And then once you start kind of dicing it up, there's so many ways to, to get to the people that you want to get to because everybody wants all the early guys. But if you take the wrong early guys, making yourself take different people later that maybe you don't want to. So you have to kind of give it up early. You have to take some starting pictures early. You have to yeah. take a closer early. early. It's no fun. It's no fun.
1: So when I was looking at Gio Your Shell was the boring guy versus the risky guy, it was him and Joey Votto. I almost okay I, I,
2: I don't you know. I'm going to tell you, I don't hate Vado in that pick either.
1: That's where I was at. Cause like, I still, I don't think he's broken like he was last year. I just think there's some issues. I think he's better than last year, not as good as the year before. I'm, I'm aware of that. But I think around 23, there's a very viable option right there in the middle. So right. that's where I was torn. Like, do I want the average or do I want, cause Vado's not going to be the average guy anymore. But he could be another 25 home run guy, 30 home yes, run guy. Could. That's very, very, very possible. So I think that's where a, I was torn. Uh,
2: He's a borderline, maybe Hall of Fame player. And usually guys like that um, just gradually go down. And I think that with him, as long as he's healthy, he's going to hit third or second. Mm -hmm. And in that ballpark, I mean, in the 23rd round, I'm not trying to, I'm not making anything about Urshela. I think it's a good pick. I think that would have been just fine. Um, So many of these late picks, um, when I think about Votto or I think about, um, I don't know, I'm thinking I'm looking through some late picks here. If those guys just do okay, look at Meadows. Meadows was a like a third round pick two years ago. I mean, that guy's, he's got it in him to, to do some crazy stuff. Uh, that was a great pick by Ben because I was looking at him for my last pick. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that um, the end of the draft look kind of no big deal.
1: And those are the difference makers. Oh, 100%. Those are the ones you look at, at the end of the year, and you're like, oh, that's why I won or whatever. Yeah. You lo- you can lose from the guys at the top. You can win from the guys at the bottom. That's the way. Do you know how many
2: times I've looked at the overall teams and go, did hey, you ever do this? What's so good yeah. about this team? Yeah. Why yeah. is this team third in the overall? And then you look at it and you're like, oh, yeah, look that's at why. the guys he hit in the 22nd round. Look at this guy. That's okay. how they are.
1: It's one of the most fun pods I did before I started recording regularly with Bloomfield is every like February or late February, I'd have him on and we do mid rounds. We go through the ADP from rounds 10 through 20. They're like, who who are we picking here? Who are like the kind of sleeper guys here to see how you back up the first 10 rounds, that kind of setup. And it, it opens your eyes to A, drafting backwards, which is a novel concept that makes a lot of sense. And B, it opens up like doors to, wow, this guy actually is better than we thought or whatever scenarios so it kind of goes to the later round picks like these are the guys that matter when all is said and done
3: uh, which yes
2: if if you if you hit on the late round picks it's almost better than hitting on the the early round picks most people are hitting on it, so you're just even with everybody if you can hit on those late round picks that's how you win the league yep. you don't win the league with your early pick you know you stay even with everybody with your early pick. Hundred <laughs> percent. That makes sense.
1: That's your you goal. Know. That's your goal. Um, we do have one more listener question. All right, from from Mister J. Mitz that we talked about earlier.
3: Oh, there he is. He's yeah. the man.
1: Dark horse, Cy Young, and Rookie of the Years.
2: Oh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't do a lot of read. I did see him put that earlier. I didn't. Just have that first. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's a long let's shot of a question. Long shot. Dark I'm gonna horse. I'm gonna pull up the draft board. Uh, yeah, start take looking. Care. It. Um, so wait, I guess both to give one. So yeah, if you got one, throw it out there.
2: Um. Okay. Let's see here. Dark horse. Cy Young. First, let's let's say one each. One one Cy Young guy each. That would okay. not be like the top guys, right?
1: Yep.
2: So. Um. Cy Young
1: is Lazardo a dark horse? I think so. I'll go Lazardo then.
2: Okay, that's that's pretty dark horse, especially coming out of Miami. Yeah. You know, even if he's good, it would take a it would take a huge. But Sandy did it.
1: Yep, I'll you know. go Lazardo.
2: Okay, Lazardo. Uh, uh, let me see here. So I'll do. I don't know if this is a dark horse or not, but I'll take Logan Gilbert. To be I like there that. I like that a lot. Side, in the side voting, I think um, you could
1: say you could say him or Kirby probably. I could see either one of them. I think, I think Gilbert's think a little. A ahead. I think Gilbert's ahead of Kirby, but I like them both a lot. Yeah,
2: right. They they go right around the same time, and yep. I think uh, I think Gilbert's quite a horse, and I really like that team. They're really beefing up. I think they're going to win a lot of games. Yep, I'm so with you
1: 100. he will
2: get a lot. he will get a lot of. Uh, he will get a lot of good wins if he can go deep into games. Yep. So. Rookie of the year, I don't know. What
3: do you um, think?
1: Um if I want like I don't know if this is a, a dark horse. I think Vaughn Grissom's got a great spot. But he
2: sure does. He I don't sure know. Like, I think
1: cool. I think that'll be heavily talked about. So to take a second option, I'll go farther down the board. He was picked in round twenty-three. Give me Bryce Tarang of Milwaukee.
2: That is a super dark horse pick. Because yeah, the first thing he needs to do is get regular playing time, field. which yeah. very well could do now with Wong gone. Yeah. Um okay.
1: So there's an easier one now. That I look at the board. We've talked about him on the show, actually. If you want to go there,
2: well, tell, don't say it. I mean, it's
1: estuary Ruiz.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I think I think Upez is also a dark horse rookie of the year yeah. type of player. It's it's all about it's all about run for these guys. Yeah. Well, that's a um Yeah, I I think those are those are those are great picks. Yep. Yeah. Um, there's plenty of them, right? So like dark horse, like. Everybody's a dark horse rookie of the year except for like, you know,
1: yeah, most of them we don't even like well, prospect. Yeah, most of them aren't even up yet. Well nowadays they are they really start out because of the perks. Like we got to see Bobby and Julio and them last year, but like Strider wasn't. Like he's who's,
2: who's the uh who's the number one with the bullet? Um is it would it be Corbin Carroll this year, would you say or Corbin who,
1: Carroll? Is he Corbin eligible Carroll, for
2: the year still?
1: I think he has Gunnar Henderson. Yep, Gunnar. Those those guys are gonna be very high up on the list. I guarantee, yep. if Jordan Walker makes the roster, he'll be high on the list. Um, guys like that. Where I'm so, is be.
3: the
2: clarify for me? And I don't know how how familiar you are. Is the the requirement for them to get draft pick compensation from Rookie of the Year? Are they required to be on the opening day roster, or do they I'm, just have to get you know x amount of playing time?
1: I think it's opening day roster. Okay, I could be be wrong, but I think it's opening. I think that's why it forced a lot of hands last year.
2: Right. So that is incentive for some of these guys to maybe hit the ground running, like Walker. You know what I mean? Yep. Just and even and then if they if they flame out, they can always send them down. But they're eligible for that compensation if they start them day one.
1: Yep. No, I'm I'm with you there. I think it's definitely makes it more interesting. And I'm curious to to see as uh, the draft season goes on, what other guys like. Because we've seen Gunner, we've seen Carroll, but we hadn't really seen Julio and Witt in the bigs at least. So who do we get this next year? Like uh, that's on the way. Like, like we mentioned, Vaughn, uh, Grissom. Grissom we saw a little bit, but um, Estrella Ruiz. I don't even count that as seeing him in Milwaukee. That was such a a brief thing. Like you have um, Mitchell there in the outfield. You have Frelick could be a guy with Milwaukee yep. if he gets a start. I'm a big Joey Weimer fan, but yep. I think Frelick's ahead of him. So that might be a later on thing. But it's those kind of guys that might all of a sudden have a big spring and start with the team and boom, like here we go. So that's the ones I need to keep an eye on. And I am not the prospect guy for you. So there's a difference. No, I'm not,
2: I'm not either. I, I know yeah. Cross and, and all those. I mean, there's tons of guys that that really love to dig into that. I know James Anderson's. he's, he's really man. good. I mean, he, he talks about guys like he's been watching them play all day. Um, they all do. And uh, really, I rely on them. I don't know how yep. much prospect work you do, but I no, just I'm not, don't. Not much. I'm, I'm like yeah, I don't man. have the time to like no. know what pitches you know yep. Grayson Rodriguez threw last year, so I ask them.
1: You know, yep. no, I'm 100 percent with. I, I literally sat in Arizona. We went to the, Saturday night was the uh, home run derby, fall League home run derby, and it was me, Bloomfield, James Anderson, and Rob Silver. Sitting behind home plate and all we did was it seemed like the three of us just kept asking prospect questions to James for the entire like hour and a half we sat there. It was just nonstop. Did he get tired? No, did it was great. Like, we kept getting new beers and drank and enjoyed ourselves. Yeah, it was great. it was great. It was fun. What a what a it, wonderful guy to sit with at Fall League. Jeez. Oh yeah, it's perfect. That's how it'd be like we sit there. Like, hey, what about like, this sit guy? Play-by-play play guy. guy. Yeah, yeah. It was it was perfect. So um yeah, he knows he he told me how bad the giant system is, which was the reality, the harsh reality I knew was coming, and he verified it so yeah it's fun fun stuff but all right anthony i think we'll wrap it up there um i will have you back on the show though this was a great time chatting yes. with you thank you so um, much what's your uh, upcoming uh draft plans are you I know you have a few more gladiators you said you're gonna take a break and reevaluate right. i just don't believe you taking a long break so uh are we so... like when when, are, when is the dc you, how, you've probably already signed up never mind i'm gonna let you go <laughs>
2: I've got I've got some DCs that are that are just sitting in TBD right now, um, and that I will probably end up firing up as soon as the, the maybe even before the Gladiators end here. I, I just really feel like any time I'm not drafting, I'm wondering if I'm missing some some you know some draft, at inad- the ADP inadequacies or or um, you know weaknesses. So I always like to at least have something going. I would encourage anybody who hasn't done slow DCs or even maybe they don't even consider doing them. There's so much great ADP to take take advantage of early on. Do a couple early, earlier than you ever have. And you will find yourself going, wow, that I'm really glad. I. When I looked at my, my DCs last year, Bubba, my best DCs were some of the earliest ones I did hundred yeah, percent. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just not very yeah. good at DCs later, but
1: um... I think it's because everyone else has more knowledge of the pool by then. Like you, yes. it kind of shows how much more you work you're putting in early on to kind of see things and take advantage, take advantage of the like ADP inadequacies, I guess.
3: Yes.
1: Where when it becomes more fine tuned, everyone's doing it. Everyone's talking about it. It's more of a, now, it's, now it's, it's more competitive, in all honesty. Yep. It's not that it's not competitive. It's, it sounds bad saying it that way, but there's a big difference once everyone gets back into it in like late January, February. Big That's difference. right. That's right. So, I got to
2: mention one thing to you. Oh, go for it. When you post the pictures of the brisket and your ribs, <laughs> I tell you what, being in Kansas City, the first thing I do is I start getting hungry, and I go, wow,
1: you know, look at that.
2: Are you like a competition barbecue guy or what do you, are
1: you no, just- I, I i love to do it just for myself and like try new things and um I enjoy it? I, I'm with a group that we raise money by catering basically. And uh so like when we do the big things I take pictures of, we're yeah. just drinking in the back and cooking and like
3: oh my god
1: stuff. But like I do a lot, I got my Traeger in the back, I got a Weber in the back, I got different things I play with at my house and I got a pork butt in my fridge because it was on sale last week, and I'm got a full day of nothing to do on Thursday, so I'm like, well, "We're doing that." Oh, wow. So, wow. yeah, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna try some new stuff with that, and I, I it's a hobby, it's another hobby for me. So yeah, but I,
2: I mean just just the picks, you know, like I, I'm not like a food Food Network guy or anything, but I am a barbecue connoisseur. Yeah, and uh, when you when you show a good pick of like a slab or something, I'm like, yeah. oh. Oh, that's
1: so and you good. Got, and you got some good barbecue down the road from you. So you're, yeah. Yeah, you're I do. But, uh, but
2: I do, I do admire your picks of your barbecue.
1: So <laughs> I appreciate that. Coming. Yeah. I, oh, they will. They will I'll keep them coming. Rain or shine, they'll, they'll be there. So <laughs> I'll make that happen. And um, thank you for the shirt. I have the moose shirt. I should have worn it tonight. I just thought about that right now. Right, uh, the, yeah. how, uh, last I saw you tweeted out, the moose are still uh, in first place, right?
2: We're in first place. Uh, we are, I don't know, a couple games up on second place. Um, we 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 aren't quite as running roughshod over the league as we had in years past. A lot of young kids coming in. Us old guys have a little bit more trouble with them. But the moose are doing great. All the boys yeah. are all the boys are healthy, and we're all uh, we're all excited to to maybe try to take it down this year. So I'll uh, if you go to Vegas, yeah. um, I'll bring I'll bring you a, a special gift from the moose
1: i appreciate it. i the plans to be we in really vegas yep. yeah the plans to be in vegas i want to get it in person don't mail it to me in person okay. um and i will have you back on the show here before the season starts we'll talk some more draft stuff get your dc feet wet and everything but i had a pleasure talking to you man it was a great time um and i look look forward to doing it again sometime
2: sounds great thank great. you right,
1: so really, much no problem follow him on twitter at geology g I A L D E. Anthony Gialdi, everybody. This is Bench with Bubba, episode 529. Catch you guys later.
0: This is Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast. And in case you didn't know, the show you're listening to right now, as well as my show, the Sports Gambling Podcast, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans, plus guys like me who just love betting on sports. Over the past few years, Blue Wire's privately raised over $10 million to expand their team, podcast network, and business operations. Now they are raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding source that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be part of a growing startup. You can invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. I I can vouch for Sports Gambling Podcast and our Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Our partnership with Blue Wire has really been vital to us growing. Um, Kevin and his team do tremendous work over there. So Blue Wire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which in turn will help this show and many like them continue to grow. If you'd like to be part of the Blue Wire investment round or want to find out more information, go to wefunder.com slash Blue Wire.